evening, everybody. We are going to go ahead and get started. If I could have everyone's attention. Um, my name is Susan Hardin. I'll be facilitating or helping to um, direct tonight's meeting. But before we officially get started, I would like to call our Spanish interpreter up to the front um, just to see if anyone requires or would like um, interpretation this evening. So I'll give you the mic here. Thank you. Hola, mi nombre es Yvonne Quintero Cañachi. Yo estaré afuera para cualquier persona que ocupe interpretación en español. Por favor, no duden en salir aquí y le proporcionaré un aparato. Gracias. Thank you. Thank you. And I will turn the floor over to, to Doug to officially kick us off. Thank you very much, Susan. Um, I think most of you know me. I'm Doug Halter. I'm chair of this committee. And our co-chair is um, uh, Bill McReynolds. And I want to thank all of you for taking time to be out here tonight. And hopefully we have another successful uh, night as we did last night, going through yet uh, some more areas of our city and coming up with the land use and scale. And we'll be starting with uh, the west side and then downtown and then getting to midtown. So it's a lot to cover tonight. but. For many reasons, uh, we felt it was important to have some public comments up front. We've had many opportunities for people to give public comment through emails, through the surveys, and so forth. But now that we're actually at that point where we're making decisions about certain sections of the city, if anybody would like to speak up front, we'll allow up to two minutes of comments up front for 15 minutes, and then we have to get into the work, and then we'll take the rest of the comments at the end. So if there's anybody who would rather speak up front, I see one right now, Wendy, okay, and then uh, we'll get to, we're, you should go ahead and call you guys up in a second, okay. Anybody else that would like to speak up front? Okay. okay. Great. Again, welcome and thank you for taking time out tonight. And we have another council member here too, I didn't mean to overlook uh, uh, council member Campos. Great, and we'll have public comment in just a couple of minutes. We have a couple of housekeeping items we'd like to go over first, and then we'll open up the, the public comment. And I'll collect that extra card there in just one second. Um, so just to, we like to open up with just talking about our um, meeting protocols. So we just want to make sure that this is a safe space, respectful dialogue, and a, and a place where we can all express our opinions in a very comfortable, forthright manner, but also in a respectful way. Um, so we want to show respect for all of each other in the room, of course. Um, we, shouldn't, we won't interrupt, so one person at a time that is speaking. Um, and that includes clapping, shouting, booing, all those sorts of things. We want to keep it as, as much of a decorum as we can. And then as um, Doug noted, we're going to be doing public comment actually at the beginning and the end of the meeting. So that, that bullet there is a little bit different because we are going to do public comment twice. And then, of course, we just want to reinforce that this is going to be a very productive meeting. So. So just quickly on our agenda, as Doug noted, we're going to be really digging into three areas, um, two to start with, the west side and the downtown. And depending on timing, we're also going to get into midtown as well. And Matt will go over how we're going to approach each of those areas in terms of, of dialogue. If you watched the, any of the last two meetings, um, you kind of saw the, the process. We're going to repeat that process for the planning areas that we'll be discussing tonight. And then, as we noted, we'll have public comment both in the beginning and in the, at the end of the meeting. And I think with that, we have, we'll start our public comment period before we get into the, the meat of the presentation there. Um, so, Netta, you have the cards that we have received so far. 
So, of course, I don't have my glasses on, so I'm Scott Spencer. Um, I will turn the floor over to you first, and then we'll have their second speaker as well. You can come over here if you want to see you. Hello, my name is Scott Spencer. I didn't plan on speaking first, but here we go. Uh, I responded to the general plan uh, survey that went out, I don't know how many months ago it was, and I know that there was apparently a big effort to get to a lot of people. I don't think that effort was as good as it could have been. I found out from a neighbor the day that it was the last day to be able to respond. So I spent about three hours reading through everything as quick as I could, and I responded. Um, I didn't get any feedback back that my response had been received, but maybe that's just because there were a lot of them. Um, my viewpoint and what I kind of gleaned from going through all of the information is that some of this, uh, I guess, infill or whatever you want to call it, where basically we, the city has to allow for a bigger population, um, is being forced by a state mandate of some sort. My gut feeling is not every city is capable of handling a big uh, uh, rise in population. I love this city and I ride my bicycle and drive around constantly and I also walk, do a lot of walking, plus I surf. So I, I'm in all areas, especially on the bicycle. Um, I think traffic is just an enormous problem in this city. I think that the streets were probably laid out 100 plus years ago. Um, and for every six-story high-rise that's approved, I, my gut feeling is where are these people going to go? Where are they going to park? So many times of the year, it's just almost impossible to negotiate, well, anywhere near the fairgrounds during the summer when all the festivals are going. We know about the fair. That's, that's sort of a separate deal. But there were about six beach festivals and concerts this year, and driving down there was very difficult now. So what I didn't see in that general plan is I didn't see traffic studies. And maybe they were there. Maybe they were part of it, and I just didn't dig it out. But I really want to see traffic studies um, so that this makes sense. Also, the bike paths are a bit of a disaster in Ventura, in my opinion. I think it's dangerous to ride a bicycle right now. Thank you, sir. I got more to say, but I'll do it later. <laughs> Another time, I'll keep your card out active. And it, was it your first name? Wendy. Wendy. There we go. Wendy Soffer? Thank you for all your time dedicated to our beautiful city. When considering the downtown area, I urge you to uphold the vision statement that you crafted, specifically paragraph one stating, this vision will maintain the city's quintessential California beach form character. After reading the comments of the survey, it is clear that we should keep the downtown specific plan. The DTSP took hundreds of hours to create. Time was spent evaluating each lot and how every parcel affected the adjacent lot. Ventura is the oldest city in the county, and we must protect the history, 
that residents and tourists love. If you keep the DTSP, growth will still occur as it is now. We already have examples of projects that should be three stories tall that are now over five stories tall due to density bonus laws. However, in order for developers to earn these bonuses and the resulting extra stories, they must provide low and moderate housing. If you change the zoning to allow six stories by right, the developer gets the extra stories but doesn't have to provide affordable housing in the process. Please, please maintain the DTSP as the vast majority of residents have asked. And again, thank you for all the time you've dedicated to our city so far. Thank you. Were there any other um, folks that had comment cards that want to speak beginning? Great. Was that Helen or Carol? Carol. All right, Carol Spector. Um, thank you, powers that be, for listening to people's emails and comments about involving us at the beginning of the meeting. I, I, that's much appreciated. I'm not sure what to say because we haven't heard the discussion on the proposals of the specific area, so I just have a general statement for you all. You live here. You commute within the city. You have visitors that enjoy our cities, our beaches, our hills, our views. We want to keep our city's character the ease of the city and the aesthetics while welcoming new residents and helping those who live and work here with affordability. You know us, you're us, okay? Um, you know what your friends and family and neighbors feel about the growth of our city. So I, I trust that you'll represent us well. So thank you. Thank you. Was that Bob? Bob Guthrie? I just wanted to talk briefly about a couple of the slides that I think are in the presentation tonight. It's the west side base and the downtown base. The comments that are on here I think are a distillation of the uh, land use alternative survey, 400 pages of comments. And to boil those down into uh, something comprehensive and summarized as you did, I, that's a daunting task and I think whoever did this did a really good job. Um, I, just a couple of comments on the, the comments that are on this. There's a few sites on the west side and on the downtown that say there's mixed feedback. And I've gone through just a random sampling of the 400 pages, probably maybe 2% of it, maybe 5%. And I don't dispute that there are mixed results for those areas. But I think it's really important to put some metrics around those mixed results. So if it's 50-50, that's one thing. If it's 90-10, I think we need to know that. Because to, to make a decision or to focus on, let's say, the uh, Ventura Unified School District site on the west side, um, to really look at you know, developing that one way based on mixed results, well, if it's only 2% or 10% of the people said to do it that way, maybe it doesn't really need to be looked at. So that's all I have to say tonight. Thank you. Great, thank you very much. And I have one other speaker card for Helen. Um, did you want to speak now or at the end of the meeting? Okay. 
Good afternoon, everyone. Wow. Okay, very loud. Hello. Um, my name is Hannah Loyan. I'm a board member of the Westside Community Council. Not speaking on behalf of WCC, but personally, I just want a gentle reminder when looking at the west side and downtown. Yes, maybe those areas are very attractive for high density, but we want to look at a more equitable equitable distribution of density throughout the city. Um, as you guys know, I mention this every time I speak, but the Thomas fire, the evacuation process was, for that was horrendous. And you know, it's, it's really um, scary to think about adding a lot more density in those two areas when we already had problems evacuating. And then I want to speak to a little bit regarding the industrial uses and the balance of business and homes on the avenue. Some of the light industrial uses I saw have research and development facilities um, included in there that have labs, which some of you may or may not know also have a bunch of uh, chemicals that are classified as hazardous materials. So when we go and look at the industrial uses, I think it's important that we're really clear about what's in and what's out of light industrial as we move forward. And we um, clarify exactly how we're drawing those lines because an artisan welder technically could classify as heavy industrial, but I don't think think we want to drive those people out of the community so um, you have there's a wealth of resources on the west side specifically for the business network that I think are open to collaborating um, on those specific issues if there's you know any confusion about what's happening or what's classified as light industrial and whatnot um, and then I do want to say that there are some pieces of property like maybe some of the surplus sites that were, um, I believe, deeded off from the foster family and were supposed to be used for a certain use. Though I think we need to, you know, capture that, memorialize it in the general plan as well. Thank you. Thank you very much. Um, I'm wondering if there's more chairs. There's a couple seats over here. If you could, would like to grab a, a seat, there's one in the front. I think there's another one in the middle there too. And two in the front row. There's two seats in the front row there as well. Or three, actually. Three seats there. Great. Oh, and just a reminder, too, we do have translation um, going on tonight. So a reminder for public comment later in the evening, but also for committee members, if you could just try to speak um, slowly and clearly so that we can be sure that the translation is being done accurately. Um, and with that, I will turn the, the mic over to Matt to give a little bit of background before we jump into our topics. Thank you, Susan. Good evening, everyone. Um, welcome again, GPAC members. It's been a while since we've seen each other. Um, and welcome to members of the public. It's nice to have more people out here this evening. Um, I just um, maybe want to, um, I don't usually do this, but I think that there were a couple of comments in the public comments that I think it's worth um, responding to. Um, first, um, in response to Bob's comment about what are mixed results. Um, that's a good question. We didn't identify that in there. Bob, where are you? Um, I don't see. Oh, there you are in the back. Um, we, what we tried to do was if the percentages were pretty close, we called it a mixed result. Um, and if it was you know, 60-40 or 75-25, that's not a mixed result. So anything that was a mixed, when we call it a mixed result, it really was pretty close from what we could tell. We did try to go through um, in doing this, the, all of the comments and the direction of those comments, we didn't add everything up, but we tried to approximate. Um, so it's not science, but, but that's how we did it. So it's not 90-10 for a mixed result, um, just to be clear. Um, and then in response to Helen, we did talk last night, um, as well as previously, about the industrial uses. We're working on more refined definitions, uh, and so we'll be coming back at the next meeting um, with that, and we would certainly love input, because I think the 
uh, things you're trying to get at of not wanting to disallow, um, you know, an artist who does welding in an area is, I think, what we've heard from the GPAC as well um, and from the public. So we're trying to get to that. We're just not quite there yet with the definitions. Um, okay, so with that, um, as was mentioned, we've done quite a bit of outreach throughout the entire process. Um, this slide just lists some of those. This is just a reminder that everything we have done in this process is really building up and building upon itself. So from the very first surveys, from the very first meetings, we have gotten information um, and we've reached out to the community. We've gotten information that has really led us to this point. Um, if you go to the next slide. So we've also done a lot of engagement, um, as you see here. Um, we, we have had 20 GPAC meetings. Actually, tonight is the 21st GPAC meeting. Um, we're going up quickly. We've had workshops, educational forums. We've gone out to the community councils to talk to them, pop-ups, office hours, council meetings, um, and surveys. So we've gotten a lot of information. Have we reached every member of the community? No. Has every member of the community heard about this? Probably not, but we did do mailings to everyone in the community, so it went out to every single house. Um, so we did, um, we did do our best to reach out and to try and get feedback, and we will continue to do that as we move forward into the process. Next slide. Um, we are um, halfway through now our process of um, looking at these different areas of discussion. Um, for those who haven't been engaged in this, the GPAC decided to work as one big group together and walk through each of the areas and discuss um, each of the areas. We're doing a vote by a show of hands um, for each area or sub-area. Um, and so far, that's worked pretty well. And where there's some dissenting opinions, we, we mark those dissenting opinions. Um, we have made it through, um, all the way through, um, four areas, um, uh, Victoria, Pierpont, Eastside College, and we spent a lot of time working on Johnson, and we're going to come back to that. Um, tonight, we're hoping for Westside Downtown, and if we have time, the Midtown Corridors, but what this means is this means we have a lot to do on the 21st. So I'll ask GPAC members to be um, pretty efficient in thinking and coming into those meetings with your ideas um, for our meeting in two weeks so that we can get through it, all of those areas on that night. After we do this round of working with the GPAC, we're gonna come back in April, take all the ideas from the GPAC, all of the decisions, put it on a single map, do some analysis, show you where we are, and then talk about that. And we can come back to any areas that you want us to come back to. Then we'll go out to the community and do additional engagement, because at that point, there'll be a clearer picture that the community will see about what the GPAC's direction, proposed direction is, based on all of the feedback we've received from the community to date. Next. There's lots of resources available on the website. Um, nothing really new this evening to hand out, um, except that there are a few PowerPoints for the downtown, um, the west side and the midtown corridors around the, around the table, and I believe over on the public table um, over there. They're also on the project website. Next slide. Um, again, three areas, process. You all should know the process by now. We're going to just, I'll give an overview. Um, of each of the areas. We'll start talking about, just get, say some ideas about the vision, um, your vision for generally for that area, the intent, the role that this area plays in the city. Um, and then we'll go through different geographic areas within each area and talk about how, what your vision is for land use. And then we'll do a show of hands vote, um, either overall or as we go through each of those areas. Next. 
Okay, let's start with the west side. Um, the west side has, um, there is some, um, a bit of guidance in the general plan about the vision and the direction for the west side, and there is a draft west side community plan uh, that we have um, looked at, and I'm sure all of you have looked at as well. Um, so the general plan says build on the avenue's historic role as a working center um, for arts, um, emerging arts, manufacturing, and crafts. Um, create a specific vision for the West Side. The West Side, is, as we all know, is, is a unique and different area of the city. Um, and then secure more funding for brownfield reuse sites. Um, the West Side Community Plan, not to read through, I won't read through it here um, in detail, but it really calls for a lot of actions to preserve the unique character in the area, preserve the jobs, um, enhance affordability, and really make sure it's a working, kind of continues to be in a, a more affordable area um, in the city while also beautifying the area and dealing with some of the challenges about health issues that are going on based on um, current as well as legacy uses in the area. Okay, next slide. Um, this is the, the draft um, map of comments. What we have here is what we have, what the map that you see um, is what we call the base, which is an interpretation of existing zoning into the proposed land use designations. Um, then for each of the areas, um, we, we have divided this into different sub-geographic areas. Those are numbered and we have comments on what we heard from the surveys as well as from other engagement about the direction. Um, the areas that you see in blue, such as area one here, Ventura Avenue south of Stanley, um, the areas that you see in blue are ones that we had specific questions in the survey about that area. Um, the areas um, in the tan color are ones where we didn't have specific questions, and so there's some inferring that needs to be done, or specifically, um, if there's no information, we're going to ask this group to make a recommendation. Um, so what we heard, I'm just sort of stepping back um, overall, um, the big picture of what I think we heard from the engagement and from the survey is there is a concern that there has been a lot of development on the west side and that um, in the past and that housing is being um, and new development has been pushed onto the west side and it hasn't been equitably distributed. Um, part of that is due to changes in, in some of the zoning of the single family areas to medium density areas um, and part of it is essentially dealing with some of the legacy um, zoning districts that we have. Um, there's a desire to maintain the integrity, maintain the identity of the area, allow people who are living there now to continue living there. There's concerns about traffic congestion, there's concerns about, um, about evacuation in emergencies. Um, there's <clears throat> concerns about some of the impacts of the industrial uses, but yet also a balance between cherishing those uses because they provide jobs for residents and many of them are owned by um, residents of Ventura. So there's a really strong connection. So a desire not to lose those jobs. And then again, a concern about overbuilding um, in the area. Also a desire for more parks and open space, um, which we are not talking about as much this evening, but that has certainly come through um, in the process as well. So with that as a backdrop, um, and I'm, I'm sure I left some things out, but you know, again, I'm trying to encapsulate pretty quickly um, a lot of what we've heard. Um, so with that as a backdrop, I'm going to walk through each of the numbered areas um, and just say what we heard and then the GPAC can start the conversation. 
So um, area one is um, Ventura Avenue south of Stanley. Um, right now, um, most of this corridor is essentially um, allows for six-story mixed-use development in current zoning. Um, what we heard and what we presented and really all, most of the alternatives um, except for the base is to reduce that height. And so what we've heard throughout the process um, is a strong direction to maintain, to lower the corridor to mixed use one, which is three-story mixed use. And so that's the feedback that really I, I felt like was pretty clear direction from the survey. Um, the second area is Olive um, between Vince and Ramona, this, this piece um, over here has the same base land use designation that allows six stories. As you all know, there's small parcels, it's a narrow street. Um, all of the alternatives lowered that height down, and so the direction that we got is essentially the same um, of mixed use one, which is three stories for that area. There were some com there were some other comments. Um, and ideas that it could stay just commercial without mixed use, um, but it did seem to be leaning toward mixed use one. But I did want to throw out that the commercial of three stories is also something that, that did come through in the process. Um, area three um, is, is right here at the intersection of Ventura and Stanley. Um, and that is the area that is quote unquote we call town, that I, I call this, so apologies, town center. And, and this actually came from the, um, the, the draft west side vision, um, which called for a town center in this area. And so I think there was some interpretation about what could happen there. Um, we, um, there was mixed feedback on what should happen here. Right now it's mostly um, industrial uses with some commercial uses. And um, the dark color that you see on the map, the dark gray, is heavy industrial. Um, that's what the zoning is for that area. So there, there was some mixed feedback. Um, there was an, um, recommendations to maintain the current industrial uses and just sort of leave those uses there. Uh, there was um, some ideas for mixed use two or three, which is mixed use at four to five stories to kind of create a center um, of activity um, in that area, but there were also concerns about traffic at that intersection. Um, and then there were actually a lot of written comments. This wasn't in the options, but there were a lot of written comments that it should be either a shopping center um, you know, a Trader Joe's or, or something, um, you know, more one story with, with surface parking um, or a neighborhood center which would allow some retail shopping with some residential associated with that. So it does seem that there needs to be some clarity um, and recommendation from this group on which direction that area should go. Um, area four um, is um, the VUSD site, which is the big red um, blob here, sorry, rectangle, uh, which is um, commercial right now. Um, and so there was a variety of, um, and I'm going to switch sides here, it's a little easier to read. Um, there was mixed feedback on what should happen to this site here. Sorry, I'm going to step in front of you. Um, so one was just to maintain the commercial designation. Um, another is to allow a diversity of housing there, so a diversity of residential with associated with open space. Um, so, and that was sort of neighborhood low, which is single family all the way up to three-story multifamily. Um, and then an, a third idea that, that came through was to allow two to three-story office or R&D uses. Um, so again, some, some kind of feedback and direction here is needed. We do know that this is a, 
a very challenging location um, given the intersection of, of Stanley and the freeway um, and that access and traffic is an issue here as well. So we should keep that in mind when, when discussing this. Um, the, the next we move on to area five and we actually have a couple of areas identified um, as area five. That one there as well as at the top. Um, there wasn't specific there wasn't a specific question asked in this part of the survey about what, should, what the land uses should be. Um, some of the alternatives created different ideas and presented different ideas that we had heard through the process, including converting it to residential or um, trying to promote more like office and R&D uses. Um, really what I think we heard through the process um, is a desire to maintain the jobs and maintain these businesses um, in the community and to do so in a way that, that those businesses and uses that are causing some of the environmental pollution, um, there's an effort to work with them to, to um, clean up those uses. Um, and so it didn't seem like from um, the survey and from the, and really a lot of the engagement that we had with the community that, that there was a desire to do much changing of what those uses were, but instead really work to kind of clean, clean those uses and make them healthier. So clean industrial and clean jobs um, without changing the density, without changing, drastically changing the vision. Um, area number six um, is, um, is this area sort of you know, southwest of the intersection of Stanley and Ventura. Um, the school is here, um, which we've changed the color on the map. There was a mistake earlier. Um, so it is, it, this, it is staying as, as public and as a school. And in here, there's a variety of employment uses, industrial uses, as well as single family homes. Um, we, we went back and forth on what should happen here. And, and I think we do need some direction. We could create a single designation that sort of kind of allows any of those uses to exist there, or we could almost leave it um, a little bit more parcel specific for what should happen. Um, but again, some, some direction um, is needed. Um, and then, then we have um, um, area seven, um, which is this area sort of um, a larger area. It's actually kind of uh, on the north side of the avenue. Um, there's a variety of different uses here. Um, there, are, um, there are some of those Built. Some of those parcels are mixed use, which allow six stories. Um, some allow residential, some are industrial, some's public. Um, again, there's a whole variety here, and I think there's some direction that's needed because it is pretty parcel specific at this point about what happens. Um, and so, you know, we, you know, the, there is a desire to essentially maintain those employment uses, but also to, um, to there's a concern about adding too much housing. Um, in this area. Um, and then the last is at the very north end um, of the avenue. Um, there's really no specific direction, but again, concern about adding, um, about adding too much housing um, in this area. Right now, it's a mix of a little bit of industrial uses, some single family, some multifamily, as well as um, mixed use commercial up to six stories. So that's what's there now. Um, I'm going to turn it over to Susan to um, lead us through first the discussion, and I will, I will jump in as needed. But we, we now have Susan back this evening, so the, the meeting will definitely run a lot smoother than we'll it see. last time. So we'll jump over to number one, area number one first, and just see if there's any um, discussion that we want to have about the direction. So a reminder, this is the area here. And the, the note was that there's been a strong desire to lower that to mixed use 
one, which is hey, the three-story. Susan, b before we do that, could we maybe spend a couple of minutes and do just kind of vision sure. and intent of the area? Based, you know, kind of we, we talked about that. We presented some information. Westside Community Council had a vision. Um, yeah, so, so let's take a couple some, minutes yeah. just to talk more generally about kind of the thoughts around Westside before we jump into area by area. And I see Pete has already grabbed the microphone, so we'll start with Pete, well, and then we'll go to Nick. It was, it was kind of suggested I do this too, so I'll, I'll take advantage. Um, <clears throat> I went through the uh, Westside vision today. Um, I was actually on the subcommittee from the Westside Community Council that put that together. We spent three years on it um, and just tried to grab some themes that would go along with our land use. So one of the big ones was preserve the mix of residential, commercial, and industry and to keep the jobs there for the community. Limit heights along the avenue in Olive, which we see. Um, promote the use of ADUs and tiny homes as opposed to multi-unit uh, buildings. Stanley is a gateway to the west side, and then also the including the town center there, which would be, like Matt said, kind of a, I think the, the idea would be a small neighborhood um, grocery store not a you know eighty thousand square foot Vaughn's with some other retail maybe you know coffee shop maybe even a um, post office like out off of uh, citrus on the east side just a storefront post office things like that and then um, one of the concerns is gentrification on the west side and that we don't want the west side to become a bedroom community for Santa Barbara so just real quick looking at each one of those boxes it looks like there's a bullet in each one of the boxes other than one and two that would follow that vision great thank you pete looks like nick you have a microphone there too yeah just hold it for a second it should think you press it for a couple seconds nothing check you can try grab this one we'll work oh I think the battery might be going on this okay. one. Right. We'll check it. Uh, I'm, I'm almost tempted to say what he said. <laughs> uh, That's allowable. <laughs> I'm also very concerned about gentrification on the west side, about not making it be a Santa Barbara bedroom community. Keep a little closer. The, the um, uh, again, also on the, on the uh, Ventura Avenue and um, Olive Street, um, I don't think that's a place for sixth story. There, there may be some places for high buildings in Ventura. I don't think that's it. Um, but generally speaking, um, you know, I, 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 th I think Matt maybe inadvertently used the term I love, which is clean industrial. And I think, uh, <laughs> um, and I think that could become, uh, you know, a. a a zoning, you know, we, we could zone something to be clean industrial. I'm not necessarily in favor of getting rid of all the heavy industrial. I think I am in favor of phasing it out. In other words, when it goes, let's do two things. One, replace it with something cleaner, but two, in other areas, uh, do what we ever we can to encourage a different kind of industrial. And I think it was said by Helen in the in in her comments that. Uh, that's to promote uh, arts and crafts industrial. I think that can be done particularly on the avenue. Um, one thing uh, that I want to say is I've noticed that 
on the town center land use designation. That actually incorporates commercial use is primary, but also light industrial and also residential. And this is one, I think, of three places in Ventura where a mix of residential, uh, industrial, and commercial is appropriate. And I, so I really encourage everyone not to be afraid of mixing residential and clean industrial as well as commercial. Great, thank you. And I think that's great information as we look to further define what those industrial land use descriptions have. Is that working? Test. That was on. I'm just wondering if anywhere on the west side there will be room for more Ventura um, Housing Authority property for low income. Mm. And also, I'm also concerned about gentrification. I don't know what exactly you can do to stop it, but I, I think it's pernicious and um, I don't think it's the best thing for the west side. Great, thank you. Um, so I had a couple of questions. One, yesterday, Matt, you said something, we were talking about traffic and how we're not exactly, um, how traffic and the land use stuff, they don't go together quite in the same way. Can you talk, I'm curious, no, the, okay. Hello. Um, so one of my concerns is also uh, reducing, um, not not gentrifying the area, and I would also love to see it more bikeable and walkable. I think the avenue is one of the coolest places to just kind of wander and uh, um, and absorb uh, culture and atmosphere. And I did have a uh, wild idea that I still really like, though I don't know that it's in the least bit practical, of somehow um, turning the avenue into a one-way street and Olive into another one-way street, making there more room to, for there to be bikes and um, cars without feeling quite so um, squoze, because uh, I do feel kind of squeezed in when I walk on the avenue. And that's partly why I was wondering about, I don't know that we can really, when we're talking about land use, you know, go, oh yeah, let's do wild things with traffic. But it and doesn't I don't necessarily preclude, so when whatever land use recommendations you're making doesn't preclude those sorts of things from happening as well. So just okay. we, we can have this land use discussion, keeping some of those different ideas still in your mind. Okay, so, and I just think that's a really nifty idea. Maybe impossible, don't know. And then the last thing I would just want to note is that there's heavy industrial in the backyard of Foster Elementary, and that has always really bothered me. So maybe that's next, something It's we next to data, too, but okay. it's right there with Foster. So we're starting to dig into some of the details of each of these areas, but before we move into that, um, any other just overarching comments? Louise? Um, one thing that I do want to point out, because, you know, I. I live on the west side. Um, part of my job is to read, you know, monitoring reports and, and the like and figure out what's going on. Um, there are monitoring sites for air quality um, along the west side, and, um, and they've been going for at least five years. Uh, what the data is showing, and there have been reports, um, I I can't find one now on my phone, unfortunately, but there have actually been reports issued that show that um, the pollution is coming from the freeway, 
it is not coming from the industrial sites. And that's actually been verified through air quality monitoring. So I just want to put that out there for folks to be aware of that, you know, yes, we do need to talk about it, but there's a there's proof of a bigger issue here for folks on the west side. That's great. And we can't blame all the pollution on a certain thing. So it's, that's good context. So as you're thinking about some of putting out some of these noxious uses, it's not all coming from the, the industrial. Um, did you have one last comment there? Yeah, thank you. Um, I've been looking at this area for about 40 years. I, I did live there for 15 years. Um, there's a number of pieces of this thing that I find very intriguing. Um, couple of thoughts. I, the idea of, I think you said number three was sort of the town center idea. Um, what worries me about that is that's the busiest intersection on the west side and to put the thing that everybody's going to at the busiest intersection worries me. And I have a bias towards the idea of to getting the parcel four, the school district property, and retooling that to become the town center for the west side. And it's not right on the busiest intersection. There's a potential that Olive could actually punch through and connect over at, Cus at, at De Anza to help relieve a little bit of the pressure on that intersection. I'm not sure that that's totally viable, but it's worth studying. I'm wondering what happened to the idea of um, Cedar Street running and, and punching through to connect because one of the big challenges that the West Side has is that there's only one throat. It, you know, everything goes there. And if we can find ways to, to loosen that up a little bit carefully, um, you know, that would, that would help. So I don't know what happened to that. There, there was some, and I think there's some geology issues there. And then I, the interesting, the idea about one-way avenue, one-way olive, that's really interesting. And I think, you know, it's kind of far-reaching. If not that, could Olive Street become a much more green bike-oriented corridor, pedestrian bike-oriented corridor, and let people have that as the alternative? When we first moved to the west side, I put my two-year-old on a car seat and rode down Ventura Avenue after having come from San Luis Obispo, where we went to school. I did it one time. I never did it again. It was absolutely horrifying. Horrifying. Um, the last thing I'll say is that the Casa de Anza apartment building, which I think most Westsiders are familiar with, is a three-story, very beautiful, simple brick building, has five cars, space for five cars in the garage, uh, 14 apartments. It's a gorgeous little building. To me, that's the model for the west side for infill residential, and it's, it's just clean and simple. And Great. Thank you for that, that bit of context. So, oh, go ahead, Bill. I just have... Uh, one question uh, that we don't have to answer now, but uh, when we get to Area 6, why is E.P. Foster closed? When we talk about maintaining school as a school, I just want to understand that. So I don't think, I think that was the one that you said was inadvertently marked not as a school in that first round of engagement. So that's why it's, it's we're identifying that that was a mistake, we're clarifying that. So maintaining it as a school was just re kind of reversing that error that was on the map before. Got it, okay. And then... The west side goes, I mean, within the sphere of influence, is it two miles past this also? The sphere of influence? Yeah, I mean, he's saying yes. It seems like we're cutting <laughs> off half of the west side in this discussion. So let's jump in to areas one and two. Um, it seems like there maybe have a lot more robust dialogue up in three, four areas and six, but we can, let's start with one and two. Um, one in particular, we'll start there and we can 
see if that if the direction of lowering the corridor to mixed use one is something that most of the the committee tends to agree with or if there's any dialogue on that i'm seeing a few thumbs up any conversation that we want to have on this or i'm going to go with a show of hands of let's lower that to mixed use one all this entire this entire corridor in, in area one the, no, i don't think there's anything designated a, a little bit, a little there's, bit. Yeah, there, there's some light, there is some light gray, but um, essentially it would be keeping um, the majority of it as um, the, well, what's, what's purple now, but it would drop it down to the mixed use one, which is three stories. Um, there are some public parcels would be maintained. The industrial, the currently zoned industrial could either be mixed use one or it could remain as industrial. Um, the survey, I think, ha the survey had it as all going to mixed use one, though. So what, what are we voting on? Um, I think the vote was all for mixed use one. Can I propose maintaining the industrial while down zoning to mixed use one, just the purple areas? So all the purple, purple areas to mixed use one retain the industrial zoned areas. And again, this is all going to come back to you um, at another that, that April meeting. So if we want to move in that direction now, you can see it later and see if that still makes sense. Um, but I, Nick, did you have a comment on that? I guess my intention would be to say that it could all go to mixed use one, but the we're not mandating that the industrial stuff that's there needs to go away. It, yeah, it's definitely grandfathered in regardless of what you apply. But if you want to make sure that that is retained in the future would be the, the question. So is that would be non-conforming, though, right. and so right. it could never change. It could, the business could never change. Right. Right. I was going to say it's only grandfathered in so long until that person, yeah, until that property gets sold or something. Correct. That that was going to be part of my question. What if the business needs to come in for permitting changes, or you know, to, it, it could to, trigger. It, what What does that do for that? Uh, yeah, it would depend on how our non-conforming section is written about how long something is non-conforming until it's, um, it has to conform to the regulations. I, uh, so that could be a year, six months, I'm not sure the exact time period our code says, but it's whatever is defined by the code. So I'm hearing the preference to vote for area one, all the purple going to mixed use one and keeping industrial. Do we want to do a vote on that? A show of hands for retaining mixed or going to mixed use one for all of the purple and leaving the few light industrial areas as light industrial with that change. So a show of hands for that. And a show of hands for all mixed use one along that corridor. So we've got a couple there. So it looks like we're going to move in the direction of keeping the industrial, but we'll document that as well. Um, Quick clarification. Yes. Does this mean that if one of those industrial uses is done, they're ready to be gone, that that property has to stay industrial? That property would still be industrial. They could ask for a, a zone change. They could certainly request to go to mixed use one, but that would, that'll, this, that designation would allow that to stay industrial in, in perpetuity until that change. Um, so it looks like area two doesn't have that same issue unless there's something hiding under the circle, but I don't think there is. Um, so this one is all then the change would be recommending this to go to mixed use one for this short section of area two. Any discussion on that one? Um, Nick. Peter. Yeah, I'm just wondering if um, 
since it's mixed use, there's no guarantee that there's going to be any retailer, resident, or commercial in that mixed use. Is can we put in something to specify that? And I don't know how you do it because it might be block by block um, that there are commercial uh, retail businesses allowed along there or or required, I should say. So mixed use allows there to be just commercial uses, but it doesn't at this point require there to be commercial uses. Um, you, we could put it, we can have a requirement in certain areas that there, and I wouldn't call it retail, I would call it active ground floor uses um, in those areas. Um, I think we should think carefully about how many areas we do that to and whether that's the right location. Yeah, well, because what I'm thinking is neighborhood serving like businesses along there because that's right down the middle of the neighborhood um you're getting westview villages expand you know it's being built out that's going to be quite a few units there so instead of having to always go up to the avenue if there's some neighborhood serving businesses along there and a way to require that that be included the, the, again the, the question is do you allow it or do you require it and you're saying require ground floor, which would prohibit essentially all residential buildings in that area. Yeah, I know, I know it's a little bit of a mix there, but yeah, I, I guess it's require some, but that's why I say it's, it's almost block per block, block by are block. There, are there other thoughts on yes. that? Yes. Yeah, I have a, a, kind of echoing what Pete has said, I've heard a strong preference not for that entire area to be ground floor commercial. I think there's single family homes currently there now that would um, be affected by this, but at least some amount of ground floor commercial in the Olive Street area. Um, I've, I've heard a strong preference for some, like a, a corner store or something like that that can, um, I mean, Pete mentioned Westview, that's 300 low-income housing units that have been added to the neighborhood in the past few years. Um, so the neighborhood has grown, and so I think it could support some ground floor commercial. Could that be somewhat more on a policy level or incentive-based direction? Madam, asking you, would that be something that might be able to address more, if, since there's not a specific location um, and you don't necessarily want every parcel, it sounds like, to necessarily have that same activated ground maybe, floor? Maybe what we can do is, um, I, sort of, I, hear, I hear the preference and the desire that you don't want people to walk that extra block and that there's the opportunity for it. Maybe we can go back and look and see if there are some natural areas where it is and just maybe have an intersection that we could identify that says this intersection, we want active ground floor uses in the buildings. That's exactly what I was going to suggest. And if, if you look at the historic patterns of where markets were, they were right. spaced at a certain distance apart. And I think a small market, there's, a, there's another one further down all of that little mm -hmm. tiny kind mm -hmm. of postage stamp market. It's so cool um, to do something in that realm that, as Pete said, so people don't have to walk all the way to the avenue. But it's not going to be a big thing. Okay. You know, so I'll heads. come back for a show of hands in just a second. But it looks like Bill has yeah. a comment. I, I just have a question regarding, it, it seems like, a pretty intense use for Olive, which we've discussed is not a, a big street there. So I, what kind of mixed use are we looking at in terms of the depth and, you know, can Olive really handle that amount of traffic now being added to it? I, I, what I'd suggest, Bill, is that it's, it has no parking. It's not a place you're going to drive to. If you look at the examples of 
for instance, the one that is further down, all of it's probably about 800 square feet, maybe, maybe that. Yeah. My concern is not actually the, the retail space. Closer it's to the your mouth. Uh, it's the residential space, mm -hmm. the, the t intensity of residential on Olive versus the, the, the retail. I think what it would allow is essentially stacked flats. So three-story stacked flats or even row houses. The parcels there are relatively small. There's not a lot of parcels. And it would be very unlikely, I think, for there to be any significant development unless there was, um, unless the parcels were consolidated, which is very difficult to do. Let me go to Sabrina first. She had her hands up and come back. Oh, sorry. Um, and Olive is not uniform and it's width the whole length of it, mm -hmm. right? There are portions of Olive that are sufficiently wide to accommodate this kind of um, activity, and then there are portions that are pretty narrow. Go ahead, Dina. And my question was that we're talking about lowering it to mixed-use one, so it's currently zoned for as much as six. six stories. So we're taking it down by the zoning. And yeah, but, but and you're, asked, you're suggesting that that might still be too much. Okay. Go ahead, Pete, and then. Yeah, so currently it. along that, I think that portion of Olive, or at least different portions of Olive, there are some three-unit or three-story uh, multi-unit buildings there. Um, most of the one are single or two. And then the last two developments have been, that have been proposed on Olive themselves are just two-story. So I, I get where you're coming from, Bill. I don't, I don't know if just lowering it to th just saying three is going to. All of a sudden, we're going to have a rush of three stories coming along there, so especially since six are allowed now. Let me go to Steph, and then it looks like you have another follow-up. Yeah, can, can you hold that for a second? Just me. Watch it, Bill. Um, I really like Dana's idea of having a one-way for Ventura Ave and Olive Ave, but if that were to hypothetically not happen, mixed use on Olive in this small stretch of number two doesn't necessarily make sense in my head, um, given traffic and just the intensity of Ventura Ave one block away from it. Um, and I would suggest having one of these other just neighborhood low medium or three-story multifamily, just something that's focused on, because there are a lot of empty infill opportunity lots in that space, in that stretch, for um, something like housing. But um, I don't know, in this context, it's so close. You're a block from the Ave where there is a ton of mixed-use opportunity, and I don't so know. So it does sound like that made, that's a little different than what some of the other comments were about really having a strong desire to have some commercial elements. So maybe we can kind of weigh both of those options. But Bill, you had another comment? I actually want to take Steph and Nick's idea and do the three-story with some commercial, and then drop in some commercial in between so you can have that market every 200 yards or... I guess I'd add, Pete, if I could just really... <laughs> He's stealing the microphone. In, 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 that, in that location, there are alleys behind those lots. In that location, there are alleys behind those lots all the way. And that's the only place where that seems to happen. So that changes the game for those properties. Okay. So they are alley-loaded properties. Yeah, just one of the thoughts about having a mixed-use uh, neighborhood serving businesses is that you make it walkable. You're, you don't have to drive to go get a quarter milk or you know, run down to the store to grab something. Um, so when you, when you talk about traffic, um, I'm thinking the idea is if you make, you make it a walkable area and less a driving area. And just to go to Dana's point, um, 
there has been a study done about one-way streets on Olive and um, the Avenue. So I'm not going to tell you the results. I'm just going to tell you that there's, there's a study been done. So I'm hearing two different kind of concepts. One is that, yes, go to lowering to mixed use one, but with some kind of requirement for commercial, either at specific locations or ground floor commercial incorporated in. Another looking at maybe going to pure residential, but at a lower density. Is that correct, Steph? Is that what you were suggesting? Um, and Bill, I don't know if they're, that was, you said kind of mix the two. So was that? So yeah, I, uh, actually, Susan, I think we're all kind of on the same page okay. that you throw you know, you, you have maybe three-story, two to three-story uh, residential with some commercial, ground floor commercial in that area. I also think that this is one where having a better plan for what the transportation is going to look like and what that, um, you know, the path is for pedestrian and bikes and cars and all of that and how they work together, I think is really important and is why we're struggling to try and figure it out without that. Okay. So I think that if we were able to come up with a better traffic flow, whether it's one way, you know, up Ventura Avenue and down Olive or whatever, I think that it, it would become much clearer what those uses could be. Okay. Got it. Lori. I was just going to say to her point, I was going to add the suggestion that was made earlier about extending Olive through the number four property. If that was actually feasible, that would help address some of the issues surrounding what's being proposed right now. So, I, so this way? Yeah, I, okay. I honestly think that's a really good idea, but I don't know how feasible it is. Pete? And since we're talking traffic and circulation, um, ideas that have been brought up too are uh, making more access points to the river trail because we have a beautiful bike trail and multi-use trail that runs along the west side there. Um, but the problem is in that section of town, you, you can't get to it between Stanley and down to Sheridan Way. So there's a whole section in the middle that um, you have a great place to ride your bike and you can get down to Vaughn's, get to Main Street and all that, but there's no access. So recognizing that potentially some of the, the mobility options or circulation patterns could change um, the land use recommendation, for now, do you want to generally recommend that lowering, but with some specific requirements of the way it's mixed, of the mixing being some commercial only, some lower scale residential? And I don't know if that's how we, how we would tweak that in the land use category, but. Well, I, I think what we would do is areas that are residential right you know, areas that are residential, put them at two to three story residential and areas that have commercial or parcels that have commercial, we would try and put those as three story mixed use. Um, and so that's probably the way it's a little bit more refined than what it is in the map right now. So, um, I, and I don't, you know, we could look up, um, I want to be careful not going parcel specific because otherwise we'll never get through any of this, but you know, we can go back and look um, and see if we can come up with some pattern um, like that. Um, so show of hands for lowering to mixed juice one with some of those additional specificity mixed in to, and for you to. Uh, I think it's, it's to um, a combination of some residential. Residential and mixed story, juice one. And then some mixed use one on a parcel level basis. So a combination to control the amount of traffic and again, recognizing that we don't know yet the land use or the circulation pattern and that may change that going forward. Show of hands on that option. 
Any opposed? Okay. All right, um, so we noted. Let's jump into the town center area. Um, so again, this was an area, as Matt said, had some mixed feedback, um, ability to try to maintain some current industrial uses, mixed use two or three, so that four to five story potentially, and then also some discussion on just making it commercial only or a neighborhood center, which requires that mix of commercial and some residential. So, And just, just an, a note with this, what you see on the map, area seven, or, or where you see that number seven right now, those parcels go all the way back and then all the way over to the avenue. Um, and so what we did here on the map was essentially take about the first two to 300 feet of that parcel and put that in the town center area. Um, otherwise, if we had just pulled the whole parcel, that town center would have gone all the way back for area seven, where that number seven is. And maybe that's the thing to do. I mean, maybe that is the area if you're gonna do commercial um, you know, shopping center that you, we do that. Um, but I just want to sort of point that out that those parcels actually go all the way back to the hillside. So any discussion on, or please. I, I'm just gonna do my broken record of, we're, we've, we're running into discussions about conflicts uh, between residential and industrial. And so maintaining current industrial uses, but then adding in mixed use or a neighborhood center, which then would drive more residential to that location, again, is doing that conflicting land use. And, you know, and I, I can't remember exactly where in the city zoning code, but they do encourage that, you know, these, these land uses be protected from being encroached by Industrial. incompatible, right? So, so I can't support increasing residential near industrial. So would your recommendation be to maintain industrial and just introduce commercial and industrial as this town center concept? Sure. So there is a... The, the, and could I just, I want to just jump in with, with this, because I spent a bit of time looking actually at this side. I, I think where we have number seven there, um, it's a different context um, in my mind, again, as a, as a professional planner than, than what's happening in areas, in area five. N number seven has essentially, you know, public and school and park on one side and then single family on the other. So it's, it's sort of surrounded. Um, it doesn't mean that it couldn't maintain it, the industrial. Um, it just, it's a little bit different context. There. And and I'm sorry. Are we talking seven or three? I thought we were, we're talking, talking three, three but I think Matt was saying that this these the parcels, parcels are actually connected. Oh, to, that they're to connected. Those. That they're connected. Okay. No, I just don't see. You know, seven. I see maintain employment uses. Um, there is a concern about adding more housing because Stanley is a mess, um, and and adding more people who are trying to commute out of that area. Mm -mm. Um, but, but again, as for number three, I just really want to caution against putting new housing next to industrial because you're creating incompatibility. Okay, great. Other thoughts on, let's go Nick and then Pete. Yeah, I want to get on my broken record. <laughs> get a little closer. <laughs> um, again, if we're thinking in terms of Indu uh, um, an incompatibility between industrial and residential, you need to rethink industrial. The old school is industrial is dirty, it's stinky, it's noxious. That is not the kind of industrial I think that we should move toward. 
Um, so, you know, I would be in favor of combining that area with mixed-use, residential, and clean industrial. Okay. Thank you. Pete, and then Sabrina. Um, the, I think the concept of the retail shopping center, neighborhood center, is not the massive Vaughn centers that we have on, you know, right now on the East End. Um, you, you would have, like I said before, you would have maybe a small neighborhood market, not a, not a massive grocery store, um, with some other retail in there. It would probably not take up that whole area that's on the east side of the avenue there in number three. Um, and then also the, the thought would be, you know, we, we keep saying more cars, more cars. The thought would be that, again, this would be a walkable area for the neighborhood that are north of Stanley, because north of Stanley, we have currently basically nothing. We have a, you know, we have a coffee shop, a barbecue restaurant, and a smoke shop. So anytime you want to go shopping, you have to go down at least midway down the avenue. That's the closest. So, so a it, neighborhood center, that's kind of the, the concept that I'm thinking of. Okay, so I just, again, to, to clarify, I think this is an important point, and maybe we can get some clarity on this, is, is the concept of a neighborhood center essentially a small shopping center, single story, maybe two story, but, um, or is it to have something that's more like a node with higher intensity uses? And what I'm hearing you say, Pete, is that it's just that shopping center. And if that's the case, I think the next question Matt, becomes, closer to you? Uh, becomes where is that, where, where does that go? Is it in area four? Is it in area three? Is it somewhere else? Because I, I, again, I'm, this, the, what, what we want to get at big picture is what's the vision? And if that is the vision, then the next question is where does it go? Yeah, Matt, my, my concern um, for putting that in area four, and I wouldn't be totally against that, but uh, if you go on Stanley because of that interchange, you know, we talked about the Johnson Drive interchange last night. This one's not any better. It's probably worse. And a lot of the day, it's backed up. You know, I turn the corner at 10 in the morning from the avenue onto Stanley, and boom, it's stopped. Or in the evening, it's dead stop from the freeway up to Stanley going the other direction. So if you throw a lot more traffic at number four, uh, you're just going to be piling into already standstill traffic. And so where is your suggestion? Sorry, we're having, sorry about the yeah, rollback. But, no, but, I, so again, if, if, that, if the concept is what you said, where, where does that concept go? My, my thought is uh, on the east side, of Stan, uh, east side of the avenue, right at Stanley, you've got like an old, I think it's a muffler shop, two old building, vacant buildings that have been there. Um, Stanley comes across now to Rocklight, even on just on the north side of Rocklight, there's a, I was looking at it on the way down, there's a, a corrugated shed that's empty. So basically that area east, on the east side of the avenue, right at Stanley, and which is, turns into Rocklight when it crosses the avenue. So I just want to acknowledge Sabrina, and I think Dana had her 
hand up to you with the microphone there. So Sabrina, if you want to add some comments. Um, yeah, so one of the things that I think makes that area one um, within the avenue so special is that you do have neighborhood markets, right? We have Red Barn, we have places that the community uses. And one of my concerns is that if we create another major shopping center type idea at where number three is, you're going to affect these great local businesses that have been around for a really long time and that the neighborhood uses. So is there a way to, instead of having that neighborhood center where three is, move it north? Because north of Stanley, you're right, there is nothing. And as uh, Councilman McReynolds pointed out, there, you know, we're only looking at a small percentage of what the avenue really is. And there are people who live all the way up to um, Foster Park, right? So is there a way for us to pull some resources north of this area that we're looking at to spread it out and, and address the traffic issue? Because that particular corner, an, a half an hour before drop-off and an hour after drop-off, you might as well walk. It just is So awful. you're saying look more into, potentially up into this area in the seven? Yeah, or okay. even, even further. Okay. Dana, did you have, I saw you had the mic. No? Okay. Done. Uh, just a couple of things because um, uh, one, uh, I've been on the, my business has been on the avenue for about 10 years and so I'm right in that general area. And for two, I know it's going to be seven, but it's important for the discussion of three uh, is that first big purple blob is already graded and there's something going in there. I think it'd be important to understand what that project is and maybe staff knows that because that, that is about ready to be built right now. And then secondly is, uh, uh, since I spend most of my life right in that area, since I work all the time, is uh, I don't think people realize, and it's kind of funny, but uh, to hear north of Stanley, if you count the number of employees north of Stanley, between Stanley and Seneca, you would be absolutely shocked because there's at least five landscape companies right there, okay? Uh, enhanced Landscaping probably has, I think they have 200 employees. I have close to 100, I have 80 something. Um, there's three others that are very comparable, Plowboy. So there's probably a thousand employees in that area, okay? So um, when I hear there's nothing there, um, that's one of the few places that the service industry can be in the city, is that area. That's why we're all there. And um, I love, I think Stanley's a great opportunity. I know that a lot of the traffic, as Sabrina and others have said, a huge amount of it is rush hour and the schools pick up and drop off uh, at Deanza. Um, but I think there's a simple fix, and I've said it before, but um, not allowing, talking, working with Caltrans, and not allowing southbound traffic on 33 to exit Stanley and have it a constant flow going um, south, southbound from Stanley onto the freeway. Because that's, that's the backup, I see that every day. So all that said is that um, there's a lot of inconsistency, like my own warehouse is 100 years old, over 100 years old, yet it's been, so, been zoned single family for ever since it's been in the county, you know, um, 150 years ago. So. Thank you, thank you for that bit of context. I think that yeah. is important for the discussion. Um, Nick. Um, I want to step back on the conversation. We're talking about the idea of a town center. We're, it's not, yeah, it is. Just okay. got to get close. We're, we're talking about the idea of a town center, but we're also talking about what that town center is, is a market with a parking lot or something. I'm, I, I don't see that as a town center. 
what, what, is the, what, do the, what does the West Side want as a place for the community? And how maybe a market is a, is a part of that, is a, a backdrop to it, but where's the town square for the West Side? Where's the gathering place for Sunday morning you know, market? Or, hmm? So Steph had a response to your mm -hmm. question, I think. Pool. The West Side wants a pool. I've heard them say that at least, and like if you could have the school right there and then the park and then number seven be a pool, that draws heck of people. That would be really cool. But I also just, my, my only comment on the west side is like just don't let Ventura Ave become Victoria. Don't let it become a like beast of a driveway. I don't, I'm not a traffic engineer, but just like we need to figure out how to make it you know, a nice bus route, bike route, walk route, like some way that Ventura Ave isn't zoned just so cars can go on either side. I, I don't know if it's figuring out a way of getting more east-west movement, but like at, there's like maybe opportunity for another exit on the 33, something with Stanley not being able to come in. Something needs to happen to take all of that traffic off of the Ave, because it's yeah, it's not fun. So, so it definitely sounds like we're having trouble making some recommendations because of the mobility impacts and the circulation impacts to this particular corridor or these corridors in this area. Um, maybe we could make some recommendations recognizing that you're going to come back and probably need to reevaluate those based on what circulation um, alternatives come to play as well or how that will impact the circulation. Um, perhaps, but the question of town center or this area number three, if the circulation pattern was what you'd like it to be or we made it work, what would the ideal land use mix be there? Um, I don't know what the land use designation is for a pool. <laughs> Public, I think, but I don't know that the corner is the right place for the pool either. So, yeah, this is, I mean, this is a really important conversation for the West Side, and I don't know that this group is, you know, going to gonna figure this all out, but, you know, the Kellogg Park was just mentioned. Kellogg Park is amazing. It's an amazing public asset. It is surrounded by crap. Um, across the street is a little strip center. There's uh, a lot diagonal from it that's covered with cars and stuff, and there's a piece across the street at the corner that's, I guess it's a gas station, I don't know, but overall, why, why aren't we looking at the land uses around Kellogg Park and how, how that could evolve? Because it doesn't seem like, there's just an assumption that everything along Ventura Avenue is going to stay the way it is. Is there a way that this plan could actually help turn Kellogg Park into the place it really wants to be? Because I'm not sure that the land uses around it are helping it get there and do that. I want to agree with everything Nick just said. Sure. Because I think if you look at it, we have Maine and California is our one of our corner of Maine and Maine. Yeah. You have Victoria and Telephone, which is the other Maine and Maine with the government center there. Kellogg Park really has the opportunity to become the third Maine and Maine. And that's where, if we're looking for a town center, I think it's already, as Sabrina pointed out, already becoming that. So we what, just have what to, can we do to help, help that? Yeah. yeah to reinforce that. So it's Steph and then Dana, or Stephanie, sorry. I also just want to make an observation. Um, as I spend time on Ventura Avenue, I think it is one of the most, if not absolutely the most vibrant communities in our entire city. 
anytime, day, night, weekends, you go onto Ventura Avenue, you see people biking, walking, con you know, meeting, convening, talking. I mean, it is all up and down. And so there's something already very special about Ventura Avenue. And my concern with trying to force it into what may work in other areas of our community, I feel like we're going to lose a little bit of that something special that Ventura Avenue has. I do think that we need to improve, like I've said, the circulation, the bikeability, the walkability, um, to make that more user-friendly. But I think part of what makes it so great is the eclectic nature of it and how so many people who live on the avenue work on the avenue. There are businesses that have been there for 100 years um, where people moved close so that they could walk or bike to work. And I think that you know to kind of try and put it in a different kind of box, we lose a lot of that. So just. Thank you for that. Dana. I would, um, I, I want to second, I've been hearing about the pool for a long time too, and I, and I would like to uh, put that, I don't know where that goes in the mix along with my, my, my one-way, one-way loop. Um, Kellogg Park is amazing and it's in the middle. I do, if the traffic could be, um, n not nightmarish. I think something further north that is also a walkable um, uh, town center kind of thing. I think that I, I do think that would be great. And right now, I don't think it goes in three or even four, which I think I would prefer um, just because of the Stanley and the 33 on ramp thing. Um, so I just want to add my. Uh, support for those various things. Thank you, Dana. Lori. Yeah, I, I'm not, I will defer, obviously, to those who are more familiar with the Ventura Avenue area. However, from what I do know, um, the Area 3, I don't personally think anything else should be added. When somebody mentioned um, adding something more to the north northern portion of Ventura Avenue, the first thing I re recall is when they had put in those uh, single-family homes uh, on the north end of, they had tried to add like a coffee shop. There's like a plaza with some, but it, it seemed like it kind of died and like flopped. And I don't know if that's because it's so far north, people aren't interested in traveling north. They only want to come south because it's on the way to where they're going. And so trying to make some sort of center in the northern side probably wouldn't be successful because it's already proven not to be. So I'm, I'm definitely sensing it's that there's a lot of just difficulty in trying to make some land use suggestions here. And to Stephanie's point, there's a lot of magic here already. Um, so perhaps what you might want to do this evening is for the area along the corridor, corridor so, or along Ventura Avenue is three, six, maybe even seven area, keeping it as it is. Um, right now, and just having that be the recommendation until you see the whole picture together, and perhaps that might change your some decisions on some specific areas or, or sections of that. And we can talk a little bit more about area four and five um, tonight as well, since they're not quite on the avenue. I don't know if how people feel about that as an option. But go ahead, Pete. Just some background for everybody. Um, the pool was planned to go in at Harry Lyon Park, which is that big green area just above uh, number seven, right next to Data and De Anza. 
Um, and what was the other one? I was, oh, the, uh, the purple area that was mentioned, that big purple area, that's currently, that's a starting, just broke ground for 120 condos. And then just to the south, that's actually that big green area, or big purple area is two uh, properties. And there's going to be, there's 80 units entitled in the, the other one. So there's 200 units going in there. So, um, yeah, that, that goes back to my thought where uh, I don't know if a neighborhood center or neighborhood, whatever we want to call it, the commercial, small commercial retail center on that, uh, where number three is, is going to be walkable and uh, for a lot of people, especially north of Stanley and also south of Stanley, you see some Comstock and some of those streets down there. So, Pete, are you suggesting that maybe we go ahead and make the recommendation perhaps to leave the other areas along the, the avenue as they are right now in terms of land use, but going ahead and suggesting this, uh, the area three as neighborhood center? Oh, yeah, I'm, I'm all for number three as a small retail center. Even, you know, it could be a center with, like Nick said, with some kind of plaza or something. I don't, I don't, doesn't necessarily, I don't envision it necessarily being a shopping center with a lot of, par you know, parking and everything else. Um, so, Pete, you had said first the east side of the street only. Is that correct? Yeah. Okay. So you're saying the east side of the avenue would go would be some sort of commercial or, or neighborhood center, um, but then the west side where the three is would stay the same? Yeah, on that west side, that's where air gas is right now, and there's some other businesses in there. Um, when I was driving here tonight, I looked at that kind of trying to figure what to do with it and couldn't really come up with something. It'd be nice to activate those corners, but uh, couldn't come up with any thoughts for it. So I would say currently leave it, leave it as is. So I'll amend the, what I, the comment that I made or the, the potential recommendation being with the exception of this section of area three um, to change that to neighborhood center, but for the time being to leave the other parcels along the, the corridor or the long avenue as what they are now, and, and you'll get another bite at that when it comes back to you. Louise. Louise and then Lori. Oh, sorry. No. Okay. I, I just want a clarification. Is it neighborhood center, which, if I'm remembering correctly, is 30% residential, right? Or is it commercial? Because that'll change my vote. <laughs> Pete, what is the your recommendation there? Uh, I would go with commercial, commercial. Not, the, okay. not the neighborhood center that we've discussed previously. So I change that again. This is the this area as commercial, and the rest of the avenue leaving the parcels or the properties as is designated now for the time being. Go ahead, Lori. My question was for Pete as well. Um, on the West Side Community Council, did were they requesting a center as well? Is that something that they really wanted? Yeah, it's it's in the vision, um, oh. and it doesn't. I mean, the neighborhood center that was used in the vision is not the neighborhood center that's in the land use designations here. That, was, that came up long before we saw these land use designations. Well, I definitely support what the West Side Community Council has discussed if it fits within you know, the commercial and not too much residential and the traffic issues are considered. Okay. So Matt would like us to not full scale change that, make that recommendation quite yet. So let's make it, break it down a little further. So area three, this area to the east as commercial and leaving the parcel or the, rec the designations to the west in area three as they are now. 
Um, we'll take that. We'll take it in little bite-sized pieces here. So for with area three, as that is a recommendation. Another clarification. Okay. <laughs> Matt, since you had pointed out that the lots go from three to seven, what does that do for the, the seven? If part of a lot's commercial, parts, you know, how does that work? It would just be part of the vision, and it would be a split lot, and the okay. first 200 feet or so, Thanks. 300 feet, yeah. So with that as a recommendation for area three, commercial designation on the east side as is on the west side. Any, those in favor? Any opposition? See a couple opposed? We will be able to come back. I um, just have one question. Just Lori and then Sabrina. Um, in that section where you just, in the three with a little rectangle in the green, are there any currently uh, single family or residential homes that currently exist in the area that would be affected if it was changed to commercial or suggested? No? Okay. I don't think so. And Sabrina? So my reluctance is what it would do for the landowners that are on seven, right? Like, so if you, if you, if a, por a portion of your parcel was now zoned commercial and you've traditionally used it as industrial and now you need to make an upgrade based on what we were talking about before, they would not have that opportunity. And so that's, to me, that it's got to be all or nothing. I don't think it's fair to the landowner to, to, to do it in portions. I guess I'm also wondering what is the viability of it actually ever occurring? If half of your land is zoned industri heavy industrial, you've got a little chunk that's commercial, are you really going to ever build a little market at the front of it? If, th if that's the goal, I just don't see it actually ever occurring. Matt, did you want to address that? Oh, go ahead, Nick. If you look at Google Earth and you, you see go a little how, closer to your if you look at Google Earth and you see how things have been parcelized there, uh, there's actually been a new road installed that goes up up to about the depth of where the three thing is intended to be, and it almost looks intentional that this is it's it's not all it's not monolithic it's not homogenous all the way back. Uh, this, and I would I would offer that the stuff at Ventura Avenue the energy there is much different than it is you know, halfway through or all the way back to the back of number seven. So as a landowner, I would say, yeah, I, you know, I don't want it all to be the same stuff that's way back there off of the road that has a different kind of need and impact. I, 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 it looks to me like it makes a lot of sense to do something different with that piece. Can, can Lily pull that up on Google Earth? So we'll go... In order to move us ahead, we'll go, go ahead. The majority did make that recommendation, but we, as I said, we do have the ability to come back, and we have been noting all of the dissension and the, also the, some of the questions, so we can come back with some more detail. Um, we'll take a quick peek at it here. I walk over so there a lot, here. and that... Almost all of that seems practically vacant. A, a lot of it is, I mean, because nobody drives back there unless you got a reason to go back there. But a lot of that now is currently um, some kind of storage. I know one of the Edison uh, contractors has a yard back there because you'll see all the trucks going by all the time. So basically those two gray lots uh, right above Matt's head. <laughs> uh, 
though the and then the uh the greenish lot to the west of that that's i don't know what kind of storage but there's stuff stored on that property yeah, it's mostly lay down space and outdoor storage yeah it's laid yeah, down there's the, lots of big metal things there also if you go back to the powerpoint everything to the what i'm going to call the east of the seven is actually in the county so that the reason that cart that cutout exists is that's county, county. incorporated that's yeah. not part of the city and there's some environmental issues with that piece so so we'll move ahead from area three and again we'll be you can see what it looks like when you come back and still have the option to make additional changes um, but if we jump over to area four um, perhaps we can have some more conversation about area four so if we look at some of the options there some of the recommendations maintaining the current commercial designation adding some diversity of residential um, neighborhood low to three-story multifamily or another idea was to have a two to three-story R&D um, office buildings in this area so again the discussion was this is a pretty unique spot um, with some industrial on the side residential to the north so what's the vision Pete. So I'll start. <laughs> oh, hey. <laughs> um, I had to beat Pete to the punch. Um, you, can you bring your mic up a little closer? <laughs> sure. Sorry. Um, so the school district headquarters there has been half vacant. The commercial space has been half vacant um, since the college built their own new headquarters in Camarillo six years ago. Um, repeated attempts to bring in other commercial um, tenants haven't been successful. Um, obviously, there's a huge amount of parking and space that could be better utilized from a community standpoint than it's currently being used. There's also some really lovely open space, but because it's within our fenced area, the community doesn't really get a chance to use that. Um, so I'm not... I'm not speaking on behalf of the school board, but I mean, I think that this is a space that the, the community owns that could have certainly a greater benefit to us as a community if it had a real plan that could incorporate a lot of things because it's more than 26 acres. So it is a space that as a community, I think we could benefit from, whether that's some portion of housing, whether that's commercial, whatever it is, um, the school district does not have any intention of leaving that property because our hub for our internet service, which comes from the county, is based there and it connects to all of our schools. So it would be very expensive for us to leave the area, but it is open to other additional uses in addition to having the school district. Pete, some additional vision insight? Well, that was good to hear that the school district doesn't plan on leaving it because then that kind of tells us what that building is going to stay um, for the foreseeable future. In front of that, or towards Stanley from in front of the VUSD building, there, there are uh, basically parking lots with fences around them. Um, I'm thinking that some kind of possibly commercial mixed-use office could go there. Uh, and then I'm, I'm totally in agreement with Sabrina on opening up that open space that's just off the top of the picture there. Um, I ride by there on the bike path, and it's a large open space, and you basically you can't get to it. Nobody can really use it. The community can't use it. 
there, you know, there there are options and possibilities there for some housing too. But again, it comes down to traffic on Stanley and that Stanley 33 interchange, and the more uh, housing that's going in there, the more traffic you're going to get. And then also we go back to the Santa Barbara. I have, uh, I have two questions regarding what jurisdiction does the city and the school district have with each other? Like, could the school does the school district need the city? And then the second question is, regardless, don't we go back to the same place with the Surplus Land Act um, on this? Yeah, so um, currently there is uh, legislation that was just passed at the mm -hmm. state level that um, the school district could build workforce housing for our own workers, which is a definite need for us as a district on this property. Um, if we were to surplus it, it goes through the normal governmental chain of um, potential people who could who could buy it at market rate from the school district for their own purposes. Um, so. There is, it, nothing here would happen, whatever was gonna happen here would happen fully within the public domain because the school district as a government agency doesn't have the ability to just say, sell it to a private developer with you know, no public input. Early on in the process, we talked about building some flexibility into the general plan because frankly, in 30 years, we don't know what new technologies, what new industries, all of these things, how we're going to be living our lives. And so this is exactly one of those areas that I think because of its access points, I think this we would want to build some flexibility into. Additionally, because right now it sounds like school district has um, no plans to leave. Um, so whatever designation would allow us the most flexibility for that space. Um, Lori, do you have a mic over there somewhere? Um, so, question for Sabrina. Uh, when you said that the school district has no intentions of leaving, does that mean that they want to keep the building whole and stay exactly in the same structure, exactly as it is today? Not necessarily. I mean, there's ha we only currently use half, literally the bottom half of that building is currently used for our office space. The other half is vacant. So there are certainly opportunities to use, you know, uh, Nick mentioned like turn that into the commercial space with the grocery store and um, those are certainly opportunities that exist, right? But um, the other opportunity, you know, you could you could tear down that other half and, and turn it into something else. But all of those things would be open for conversation that the school district, I mean, as one board member, I have had conversations around this property, but the board as a governing agency has never had conversations about what to do with this property. So Matt, in thinking about flexibility, um, to Stephanie's point, what would be a potential? So, you know, we, when we did the government center, we decided to keep the designation the way it was as public, but to have some ideas about what we thought the government center could evolve into. Maybe we have the same thing here where it just maintains the existing designation with some ideas about what the outcomes the community would like to see. And, and I'll, I'll say, you know, we've heard in the past through the process, some affordable housing, we've heard more parks and open space, um, you know, trail access. So we've heard a variety of things already. Um, so, you know, maybe we just take that as the philosophy for this and we spend a few minutes brainstorming on ideas and it becomes a policy in the general plan. 
Matt, to I allow for that flexibility. A follow-up question to that I forgot, which was, um, you guys already took it down, but the green space that was at the back of the property, it had a lot of different structures or and or things on the in the green area, and I just wanted to know if there was a feasibility to even do more with that area because it looks like some of them um, are like I don't know, maybe electrical, water, I don't know, so a the, building. Um, I have a big outside voice. Um, so the, the building to the left is a is La Petite Child Care Center. Um, and then there are that other, the only other building is um, where the pathway ends. It's a small storage shed with some bathrooms. The other areas are concrete pads, but they don't have any structures on them. And the things up at the top are... Um, uh, horseshoe. Uh, <laughs> so the, there's a there's a baseball diamond and a bathroom with storage and a childcare facility. So could I could I caution us not to do site design in a general plan? I just um, yeah, to no, clarify. We're diving pretty no, deep I, here. No, I appreciate her explanation because I was trying to figure out how we can envision what can be done, but but I needed to know what was already there in case it wasn't feasible. That's all I was asking. I wasn't I wasn't asking for us to be able to go get into detail about exactly what we're gonna do. But the fact that there's a part, uh, a restroom there and green space, it makes it almost already set up for park use. So that's all I was really getting towards. And then um, that green space that leads into the parking lot from uh, Ventura Avenue, is what is that? Because it looks like a potential of possibly a street. Is that the street you were referring to earlier, Nicholas? I was, or that's, that's entitled for that, yeah it's entitled for housing oh it is that's not ah, part of the okay. school district site okay so that is housing um so i the last thing i'll say is that i'm always going to be uh, for affordable housing however in this particular case it looks like it's a one way in one way out situation it's closed in by the 33 there's housing in the back and then the businesses on the other side so I don't know how feasible that could be, and I don't know what can be done with an empty parking lot. I know that the city needs areas to have parking structures because they are they have the parking authority and they need locations for a parking structure, but at the same time, that's so far from City Hall, I don't know if that would be beneficial to the community, so thank you. I actually just have a counter offer to Matt's offer of um, what if we did you know, mixed use one or mixed use two, whatever the designation is that, to Stephanie's point about flexibility uh, and Sabrina's, which would allow residential, commercial, retail, office, park, open space, you get kind of the mix. And then as the site design happens, that evolves in those type of uses. So that's my counter offer, Matt. And then David has. I have a question for Stephanie. Um, this used to be the Kinko's site. Uh, Ventura has two large employers. One starts with a P, the other in the past 10, 15 years starts with a T. Uh, could this be used as a attractant for another landing of a big business uh, that thinks campus oriented that might share it with the school district? Which I think was the impetus probably on that third bullet. So to the idea of flexibility, I think all of, all of these things are things that you're talking about in addition to the idea of open space and other sorts of things. Um, so maybe to both Matt and Netta's point, if there was a underlying designation you wanted to recommend, 
um, but have there be a lot of detail in what the vision is for the area could be helpful. So before we move on, um, I'd like to ask the members of the public to not have any conversations at all, any side conversations. I'm hearing some going on now. It's very difficult for members of the GPAC who are sitting close um, to hear. Um, and so if people are having conversations, we ask you to actually step out of the room um, and have the conversation in the hallway so that the GPAC can hear the conversations going on and not be distracted by um, people talking behind them. So thank you. Great, thanks. Um, Kelsey. I have heard people talk about having like a trade school on one of the sites on the avenue. Which site is that specifically? Does anyone know? Eight. Site eight is what okay. I'm hearing. So we're going to get to that one. May so I, any, may I any offer that four be half that upper half be a park and the rest office R and D? We can't designate as a park. Uh, so because, the, because the school district owns that property, if we were to sell it, we sell it at market rate to other, there's a pecking order for who can buy it. So the city could buy it for a very expensive park, <laughs> but it's unlikely that they would. You know, our, I just feel the need to justify, our, our mandate as a school district is to serve the community's children, right? Our mandate is to use all of our resources for the children of this community, and so we're not in a place to, to give property away or bequeath it for other purposes. So Sabrina, um, since you're closest to this, or one of the closer ones to this site, what would be a land use designation that, given that flexibility that we've been discussing, that might be appropriate from your perspective? I mean, I do think that the mixed use offers a lot of flexibility because we don't know. 30 years is a long time. Um, as a community, our, the number of children we serve is in decline, in part because of housing issues, right? So um, I don't know that we're going to need all the things we currently have as a school district moving forward. And so having options preserved, I think, is really valuable to us. Okay. Um, and housing is a, be an option. a need. Nick? I think Matt mentioned it earlier about how we had uh, addressed the government center, and this is the school district is its own, you know, uh, entity. Um, they want to collaborate and cooperate with the community, but there's a tremendous amount of value to that piece of property, um, and the use of it is yet to be, you know, foreseen at this point. The fact that they could stay there is, I think, is kind of cool. But there is a lot of value to happen there. Maybe if the group could come up with some suggestions, as we did for the government center, of what the community would like to see, that's enough at this point. So some of what I've heard so far was um, a park, um, potentially for housing, incubator, or a new kind of a new employee, employment center coming through, um, additional commercial to, to fulfill the needs for the community as well. Some Any other? Types of development, types of. Well, also, I heard mention like getting the community's input um, on a plan, I believe. And so mentioned. that could be part of that as well. So, in, in some, you know, a little bit of the description could be some initial ideas were, and we could list those out, but perhaps in the part of that policy is a, a specific public engagement process to develop concepts for that piece could be part of a recommendation as well. And that's only because it's public land and it's owned by the school district, otherwise I wouldn't have added another layer, but it seems appropriate there. And so you're saying, Nick, to just leave it with the designation as it is, but introduce some of these ideas going forward. Yeah. I guess my question is, I, I, it goes back to Bill's 
point earlier about the count I understand the county having the ability to do whatever it wants um, but would the, the school district if they chose to do anything other than the commercial that the base designation is now would then have to go through this like lengthy zone change process right so if we're having these discussions where it sounds like there's a lot of good ideas for other mixed uses, shouldn't we at least change it to those mixed uses um, here? So I'm, I'm seeing some hot nodding heads. So um, Peter. I, I pulled up the vision, the Ventura, the West Side vision. Um, so this is the Stanley area, Stanley Avenue area and northward, Stanley Avenue gateway. To, oh, let me skip to it there. The area north of Stanley and west of Ventura Avenue should be zoned to support existing commercial, industrial, and not change to a mixed-use urban general neighborhood so to prevent it from becoming a bedroom community. So just to go to anybody that's looking for a little bit of community input there, that's what uh, we came up with a couple of years ago. Okay, so I, I'm, Dana, did you have a quick comment? Uh, yes, I just, um, the the school district employee housing thing seems really positive. That's not a bedroom community thing. So I just wanna, I, I don't know how that fits into mix, mixed use stuff, um, but Sabrina, but I, that just. So just noting the type of who the housing would be for. Josh. I think um, what we were discussing, it feels like it's a little bit of circles, but I think what Netta just suggested a little bit was probably what most people would vote for. So I kind of think that we might be ready for what Netta was just suggesting. So let's take a show of hands on um, the idea of turning it to mixed use with the context of those different uses that we identified. And I'll come back to you, Kelsey, just take a, since I already asked the question, okay. just a quick show of hands. I'm going to also ask for the commercial as well. So. So mixed use, mixed use one. one. I have a clarifying question though. Are we talking about the piece to the four. number four? I get four. that, but the piece to the west. I mean, just number, we... just the number number four in its entirety. It's currently all red. You talking about the little purple sliver? Yeah. Uh, what is that? Yeah. Where's the purple sliver? Oh, that's part of number five. That's industrial. It seems like we need to do the whole. Um, it's, it's currently separated, um, and it's used as a storage for trucks. But you're saying, Bill, that you'd I, like to amend I, the, the vote? I think we should, we should keep this as number four now, and we can do number five. We can five bring number five into that. it when we go to number five. How about that? No. Nope. Then I'm opposed. <laughs> okay. All right. So let me go to Kelsey. Kelsey, before we'll take another vote and another show of hands in just a moment. Kelsey, go ahead with your comment. Zoned as commercial, if the school district did theoretically decide to build workforce housing for teachers, would the commercial zoning preclude them from doing that? Or does it just, I mean, just changing it to mixed use just open up the opportunity to anyone to build housing as opposed to what would be more specific for workforce? Well, as Sabrina said, it goes through a, a public process. So it's not that black and white. And it's not going to be just anyone coming in. There's a whole long hierarchy of public. So, and again, the, the context behind this designation, whichever one the, the committee decides to pursue, would have that context of here's the, the vision for that area, which could specifically call out the um, workforce housing as well. Um, so I'm going to go with Bill's amended 
um, recommendation first, and we'll do another show of hands. So that, and it, it, any discussion on that first? Any objections to at least taking a show of hands on that I one? I just want to, I want yeah. um, Ms. Councilmember McReynolds to um, explain why you want that in there, why you think that's important. Well, it's, it's contiguous uh, to the piece, and there's the, the the bike trail actually is what bisects those. There's an opportunity to really enhance that bike trail, create that connection point when you could really vision it up, you know, we'll let Nick go crazy and come back with something. Okay, so I'm gonna make, I'm gonna um, state the amendment, amended option there to designate area number four and the sliver of area number five that's to the west, all to mixed use one with that additional context of the different ideas that were expressed that would include open space, workforce housing, some commercial, some public space as, or public as well. Can, before, so, Susan, I'm sorry, before we do that, if we change, I just wanna be really clear on this, that if that sliver gets added, it's not school district owned, correct? Which means someone could come in and just build housing there immediately on that parcel or could build something else. So, which is why we had it as separate, which is why four was separate from the rest of the area. Could housing so, be built that close to the? Potentially, people build housing next to the freeways all the time with other things. So I just want to, which again, that's why we had it. If we want to add it in now and call it mixed use, that's fine. But the thinking as to why it was separate, separated in this map was for that reason. But why, may I ask Matthew, why, is, why does it matter if we do it separately, if, that, if we want it to be contiguous, if we have the conversation separately and we still want the same thing? That's, I think that's fine. Again, I, just, I wanted to just make sure that yeah. but it would, it would need the school go, district is a little bit separate from that. But it would need to go through a process. It's, you know, it doesn't just automatically get to become housing. Correct. It's got to go through a process. Well, if, it's, if it is not publicly owned, so it is privately owned, mm -hmm. and it is allowed to be housing, and there is a density associated with that, it becomes by right. Okay. So again, I just... So what you're suggesting is, is that if we make that change to the zoning or that update, the suggestion, the private property owner has the right to do whatever he wants, not in collaboration with the school district, and even if it doesn't help for further the vision that we are suggesting Correct. here today. Correct. So, and, and again, I, I, sorry, Phil, I don't mean to, to I, I'm not trying to oppose, I just want to make sure we're really clear, because we've been really, con, we've, this group has been very kind of cautious about the decisions about what goes to residential, and so I just wanted to bring that up, that if we're doing it with it, we should be conscious that that's, that w that's what could happen. Couldn't I, they build I, it by right right now, a six-story building on there? No. That's industrial. It's industrial. No, it's not. It's commercial. It's, it's, it's commercially zoned? Looking at the general plan right now. Could you pull the gray this sliver up on Google about? Maps? Because I think it's really helpful for people to see that it's, it's a sliver that is sandwiched between the entrance to the 33 and the bike path. So I see a couple of hands up. So first I want to, um, Bill, did you have a, a change? Based on that, if your philosophy doesn't change. Kelsey, did you have your hand? Up? I think we've repeatedly heard from the community the hesitation in converting things to residential, especially where this is an area with industrial uses that allow people to live and work. So you are you are removing, if someone did want to build you know, another job site, maybe not just a storage yard, that site would forever be removed from an employment opportunity pool. And Lori. And the one last clarification, if 
the say we did go with what was proposed and said conclude that sliver with number four and by right the private property owner built something you what matthew was saying is that could they potentially block the bike path as well could they damage what's already existing there is or not damage it but change the face of it or the vision they shouldn't be able to do that no okay Pete. yeah i just pulled up the interactive map that is on the plan ventura site that sliver is mpd but it's sure so we're do just just area four so we're actually going to start with the combined so the um, motion about no, it's not a formal motion the idea of taking both four and the the western sliver of five here and turning that into mixed use one with again the context of the additional input from the community um, or from the committee so raise show of hands for that all going to mixed use both both sets one two three See 11, um, and the idea of mixed use, one with the same context only on area four, excluding the sliver to the west. You can vote for both. Can we do this a little 13. bit differently? Sorry, can we I do- I see 13, so. Okay. I don't, do you wanna- Sorry, I was gonna say, if mixed use, Four, I mean, number four could be mixed use one. There was, um, are anyone, is there any objection to that? Just, I think we just voted, with, uh, majority were, was mixed use one, four to area four. There were well, people who voted against that at, alone because they were voting, because I, they didn't, because they wanted mixed use on both. I, so I think some folks were voting twice. So. Clarify, just the, when you say mixed use one on four, you're, you're, Tying in all the other ideas too, right? Okay. Yes, the same same applies. That same context behind it with the story of what this vision yeah, is. If I may, I think what she was trying to do was is one emotions on the floor, even though it's not formal. She wanted to follow through with the vote. Then she took the vote separately, and then we all said, "Well, we like both of the ideas, so we want both of them passed." So we voted on both. But I'm not sure. And the, sure the one on Area Four us. alone got more. Um, so we're going to go area four, and now we're going to talk about area five, and we might bring it back, and this little sliver could indeed be mixed-use one based on this conversation. So let's go to area five. Um, so the area five is this, has this long sliver against the, the um, highway there, along with the larger industrial. Um, let's see what we said here, preserving jobs. So I think the recommendation generally was not much change. I'm sorry? We will do a five-minute break as soon as we get through number five. Get through number five and a five-minute break, I promise. Um, so thoughts on the, the recommendation? Again, not a lot of direction, but preserving jobs, discouraging housing. So Lori, then Pete. I just had a question. Um, was there any feedback whatsoever from any property owners um, about what they want or what they would like to see or potentially had a vision for? And then, of course, the west side. For area I'm five, sure any specific see. property owner direction that Nothing, it seems like, that the staff has received directly. Pete. Yeah, I totally agree with the statement in number five to preserve the jobs and, and maybe slowly phase out anything that's noxious or hazardous. Other thoughts on Sabrina? 
Um, I think the, the obviously the elephant in the room is the compression compressor station um, in five, and that is um, directly adjacent to an elementary school. Both have a long history in this community, but I think for the community's sake, we're pushing to get the compressor station out. But that isn't to say that we wouldn't want to keep industrial like we've talked about on the Victoria corridor area, where it's industrial that is still adds value but doesn't doesn't pollute the residential. So from a standpoint, the continue as a policy still phasing out and discouraging noxious uses or those uses that are not, to Louise's point, incompatible. Okay. So there's a whole lot of land north of what's called Gossner Bend, it's the Gossner Bend, um, that may have the capacity for transplanting of some of this stuff over time. Has there been any consideration about how we might look at that occurring? Um, and I don't know what the feasibility, it, seem, it feels like we're, we're just sort of you know, planning in the dark. I mean, how many jobs are there? I don't know. How viable are the businesses? I don't know. Maybe they're really viable. I look at Google Earth and it looks hugely vacant. That I'm not sure of. Matt, do you have any? I, I'm, Nick, which are you talking about the sphere of influence area? Yeah. Um, you know, there hasn't been as much conversation as part of as part of the this conversation. There was some early um, feedback through surveys that that's an area that should be looked at for annexation um, in the future. There'd be people would be supportive of that, but beyond that, um, and I guess but, that, all I'm saying is I don't I don't think that's saying it's going to happen next year, but there's a whole strategy, and we've been talking about this for 20 years. We've been talking about this for 20 years about how the West Side could evolve and, and retain the proximity to a lot of that good work energy, mm -hmm. but find new homes for it and uh, you know, reclaim some of this. So for, definitely taking notes on that and yeah, can yeah. pull, and pull that into the, the mix, but in terms of, in terms of Area 5, did, does that change your perspective on what so the, the area up here was the one we were just talking about potentially being mixed use. Um, I would just put out there, does anyone feel strongly that we should think consider that as mixed use again in this discussion? You know, I, I think, um, you know, just to address, I think it was Nick's point, you know, about how vacant some of this area looks, um, you know, is it vacant or is it a laydown yard? And heavy equipment laydown yards have to be an industrial. Um, I'm concerned that if we start getting rid of these laydown yards, I mean, that could end up being an impact, um, and and these these areas end up having to be in Bakersfield or you know who knows where the closest next laydown yard is. Well, that's a greenhouse gas emissions thing that we may need to address later by getting rid of these. So so. You know, I think it's not as vacant as what people realize. So I'm going to look for a show of hands on retaining this as industrial um, for Area 5 with the additional policy of, that's in the, here in the, the tan box on phasing out those noxious and discontinuing some of those different uses. So show of hands for keeping it as is. So we've got one, two, three. And, and as, as we're thinking about this, remember, we're coming up with definitions for industrial. So right, and we're going to bring back, back. Those, in, those, those additional detail. So I see 16. Those not in favor of keeping that? I don't see any hands. I see one, a couple hands. One. So for the oh, time being, we'll go. Lori? Well, 
but seeing leaving it as is with the caveat that um, Sabrina brought up, right, about the Yes, yeah, that whole, this whole idea of phasing out and discouraging okay. noxious or incompatible uses as well. So that's definitely would be, and, and again, we are going to get a better definition to bring forth to you on what industrial classifications are. So, so Nick, and then we'll take a quick, less than five minute break if we can. I know, I know you guys, we all have a lot to chew on here. I guess I'm, I'm wishing that there had, has been or could be a specific outreach to these, this business community to have a little bit of a workshop to talk about what, what's happening. How are they doing? What do they need? And that certainly can be part of that next phase of when we have this consolidated land use alternative concept in place. Because um, again, to Matt's point, sometimes it's easier for those who haven't been engaged so far to have a look at one thing, say, this is what we're thinking about, and then rather than here's six alternatives, tell us what you think. So that we can definitely incorporate that into some potential outreach. So Scott. Susan, uh, to, to be clear, Discouraging noxious uses would be accomplished through more clearly defining the difference between light and heavy industrial. Correct, and, and that's the part that we're under. Part of the part of the regulations. Correct. Okay. Or other definitions. EPA has a definition yes. yeah, of noxious. Maybe, yes, Perhaps it may not be heavy and light. Yeah. yeah, and it could be Cause, different. Because again, those heavy equipment lay down yards, that's your heavy general industrial. Yeah. I, I would just also say, Nick, um, to your point of reaching out to those businesses, I'm sure that the city could respond a little bit on the response that they got when the letter was sent out to those industrial businesses saying that that was going to be moved. Um, I think there was a pretty heavy outpouring of concern about that. Great. So we're going to take a very quick break. Um, we're going to be back starting conversation again at 810. And we're going to get through six, seven, and eight, and then we are going to get to downtown this evening. Please turn off your mics.
If we can get everyone back together and have a proposal that will help us, may help us move a little quicker. If we could get everyone back to your spots. If I could get everyone's attention, we're going to go ahead and get started. All right, thank you. So we're going to jump back in here to the west side. Um, similar to what I mentioned a little bit earlier, we were we we do what we would like to put together. Put away. Okay. I was really close to trying to get everyone's attention. Now that I have your attention, I don't have to break your eardrums. All right. So I would like to make a proposal um, for your consideration to make a motion on. So, given again back to what I said a little while ago about the challenges with really trying to designate some additional new land uses given the, the context and the existing character of the, the, the avenue. Um, we would like to make a, put forth a potential recommendation that we keep areas six, seven, and eight with the existing designations, except in those cases where there is currently a designation of the dark purple, and instead bring that down to mixed use one from where it is now. And otherwise, for the time being, keep those designations as they are. Um, so that we're not changing the character right now with the, the existing, with the current recommendation. So put that out there for some discussion. Kyler. Sorry, we turned all the mics off at the break. So. Okay, I think I'm generally okay with that proposal. The one thing I'm hesitant about is neighborhood low at the old Ventura Unified, or the school site. Um, I've heard some very interesting proposals just in the community of like workforce training center, um, things like that. And so I think that has more potential than just neighborhood low. Okay, thank you. I see. Um, Pete, did I see? Yeah, I, I was going to address the, the purple areas, uh, especially up in eight. Uh, the top one I could see is uh, maybe a mixed use one. Could, Right now, we're light industrial, because that's kind of what it is now. But the bottom one of those two, that is apartment buildings. So I think you'd be better off with like a three-story multifamily. And then, yeah, in number eight, where that is the yellow part right there, there is a concept out there for converting the old Avenue School to a trade school and maybe some workforce housing or student housing to go along with it with some green space. So can I maybe amend that recommendation to be looking at areas six and seven to retain the existing land use designations with the exception of the um, higher density mixed use or and going to mixed use one instead of mixed use two, I think it is? Or it's, mixed four. it's mixed use four. So go
So show of hands or a quick clarification that across the board when we're talking about industrial, the assumption is that we're phasing out noxious uses yes. everywhere. Correct. Well, that should be the assumption throughout. Sabrina, do you have a mic? So what would the zoning be for eight? I'm going to come back to eight since it seems like there's maybe some more dialogue, but if we can do six and seven as no change with the exception of lowering to mixed use one in those mixed use four areas. So I thought maybe we can take care of that one, then we can have a little bit more conversation around eight. Show of hands for six and seven, going to keeping the existing land uses. Okay, it looks like pretty much consensus. Okay, so let's talk a little bit more about Ember 8. So I'm hearing on the area currently designated as low, um, low, low mid, low, that we want to entertain something a little more robust for the, that would accommodate something like a trade school and workforce housing. Um, and Pete, you also mentioned to the north of those two purple areas as well? Yeah, um, actually, I'm looking for a clarification maybe because that, where eight is, that is owned by the school district, the, uh, the yellow area. Mm -hmm. So I would think, wouldn't that be institutional rather than R1? Or residential. Yeah. Well, that that's what the interactive map is showing. So there's a there's a conflict. The land use designation in the general plan has public, and the zoning, I believe, has R1. So under houses. under under. Well, and I don't know what would rule public or residential under the new state laws. But what do we want? So and I, yeah. I think yeah. the question so what do we, is, what, what do you want? want? What is the, what is the is, desired land use to accommodate, the, particularly the vision that it looks like is, is set for that area? Yeah, I, that would be my question then, going with what I, I said, uh, the concept of making that a trade school with some, I guess it would be kind of affordable housing on it. I don't know what, we, what that zoning would basically be. Excuse one. Same thing with the other. I'm asking. <laughs> so it sounds like mixed use one would possibly be the best land use designation to accommodate that particular use, but go ahead, Bill. I, I just want to throw out, there's a giant storm drain that runs under that prop piece of property that connects to the Santa Clara River. So you can't build on top of it. Yeah. So we just. Through the, the, the parcel with the Santa yellow, River. Yeah. that's currently. That's the dent drain, the other, Bill? The other option is, is to leave it as public, because that's what the general plan is for those parcels, and then if the school district wanted to build housing, it would have to go through the process of building housing. Then so public would accommodate a school? Yeah. Um, so just for clarification, the school that's there is historic, but because of its condition, could never be used for our children. So it could not, could not be a school for TK through 12 that doesn't preclude it from being a trade school or something else by another entity, but not by the school district. Okay. Thank you for that clarification. Casey, did you? Or? Well, one of my concerns, so if the school district were, I would assume they'd have to sell it to that private entity to then build the trade school. If you zone it mixed use one, there would be no guarantee that it would actually be a school. It could be then just you know, using the existing buildings for whatever purposes the developer wanted to use them for with the addition of some residential. So what, what's the normal zoning for like Ventura Community College that would allow them to build residential on their school property? I think Ventura Community College is different because it's a state, mm -hmm. right? So the state trumps local. So it, it's a little bit of a different situation. 
with that. Um, you know, again, it, the general plan here is public. The zoning is residential. The building is not coming down because it's historic. Um, and if there's a storm drain, it limits what can happen there. So essentially, it's ultimately a, it's complicated, it's complicated. and maybe not worth a huge amount of time given the complication. But it sounds like public is one of the designations that is being um, put out there to replace the current designation. So complicated can be really good sometimes. Um, storm drain easements can become connect pedestrian connections to bike paths uh, from the vent from Ventura Avenue. Um, the, that wonderful old building needs a lot of tender love and care. Finding a market rate you know, entity that wants to buy that thing and deal with it is eh, questionable. Um, but an entity like the housing authority acquiring that from the school district to build affordable housing and turn that building into some kind of community cultural trait, you know, that is not out of the question. Um, there's enough land there to do some significant Something creative. Housing. Okay. Other? So I'm curious, so what does that then designation look like? Well, uh, I guess. Grab the mic. Um, the, the key would be to, what we're, so I, I, what we're trying, what are we trying to do? We're trying to preserve a cultural asset and give it opportunity to, to rebirth and provide for alternative uh, uses that would complement that and benefit the community. So a cultural facility and some kind of housing, and I don't know whether we designate it affordable, I mean it is, you know, I, I don't know, but we don't so want to put something on there that would prevent housing, and I think there's a lot of tools now available that allow us to do that, that, are, that weren't there a few years so ago. So would public be an appropriate designation that would allow that flexibility for some housing as long as it was in conjunction with that school? I don't, given how the designation is crafted, public would not, but it's something that could probably be a general plan amendment easily at some point if the school district or someone else wanted to put affordable housing there. So creating I'm, the designation sure as public with the, again, the context, because the general plan is not without context, right? It's not just a land use map. The general plan has lots of text that goes along with it, so there can be this additional text that describes that. So Sabrina and then Pete. I just have a question, and I, I could be completely wrong, but what about neighborhood center? Or no, is it, what, uh, it's neighborhood center, right? Because it preserves the ability to have commercial, which a trade school would be, but also limits your residential but a lot establishes that residential is a is an option. It's a possibility. Pete, I mean, so I, just again, I feel like we're we're um, we're doing parcel visioning here, so just want to caution us. So full disclosure, I'm not involved in a trade school project, but I am really aware of what's been going on with it. Um, there, just to Nick's point, there is interest from trade school operators on that property, and it's been looked at what would need to be done to remediate the the old school, so it could be used for key, I guess, for a trade school. Um, and then there is a question. I, I I would have to question and say it needs to be looked at if there's actually a big drain under there. I'm not sure that there is. It looks like Lori has a comment, and then we'll take a show of hands. Um, he led right into my question, which was uh, based on Councilmember McReynolds' comment about there being the drain. Uh, how big is it? 
you don't have to answer it, but I just want to know, could housing be built on top? Because essentially housing know. needs a foundation. And if you can't dig and there's a pipeline, you can't put anything there. So is that is this conversation mute? That's what I'm I, I'd, trying to I'd get recommend. We, we don't know. I, I don't know what's there. I don't know what's on the other ground. I, I would recommend that what, what we actually do is kind of draw a circle around this right now, around this parcel. We hear what the vision is. Let us come back and figure out what that best designation is that meets what you all are saying and because i think there's there's some clarity i mean on the the flexibility the trade school with some affordable so housing. we'll look into public we'll look into neighborhood center and come back with a, a recommendation that accommodates i think what the vision is for that area unless and dana you can have the last word before we move to the next um uh, just saw it on google um google maps and it's a great big drain and nothing's built on it. Things are built all around it, but nothing's built on it right now. So I don't know that anything. And currently, is going there's to already be. activity. Folks are that are looking at that. So I'm sure that the folks that are proposing the trade school are well aware of some of the constraints on the site as well. Um, so let's move into the downtown. Oh, area eight. That's the one we were just talking about, isn't it? Oh right. Okay. So but then we have. I just want to clarify. So then we have mixed use one at the top of the two purple parcels, and then three-story or neighborhood medium for the bottom of those two, correct? Do you do a vote? Because that's what, Pete, that's what you had said, the bottom of those two purple, correct? In area eight? Yeah, sorry, we had a little side conversation. So multi, uh, three-story multi-use on the bottom one, right, is what you said? No, the, or, yeah, that, that one, one right yeah. there. You would, I thought you said that was multifamily right Multifamily, yeah, sorry, three-story multifamily. So that's, that should go to three-story multifamily, and the parcel above that, the, that purple, should go to mixed-use one. Um, three-story mixed-use. Mixed-use one, or, or it's currently like light industrial right now. It's a bit of commercial, a bit of uh, storage. The existing use yeah. on there? It's closer to mixed-use. I mean, this, I think it's closer to mixed-use one, but we can look at it. So what's the? <laughs> I was. I, asked, I think we could ask. Okay. So Pete, you're suggesting that this goes to multifamily. Correct. The bottom one goes three-story multifamily, and then well, it's C2 right now, and then the the top one goes to. Uh, I would say what we're considering light industrial. So with that as a proposal, we're coming back with a designation recommendation here. Um, these would stay as is. Recommendation that this would go to multifamily, and this would go to light industrial. Is that what? Um, show of hands in a favor of that as a recommendation. I see almost a pretty well consensus there. So, again, this is you have another bite at this. We'll come back and be able to see it in its entirety and how it all works together, and that'll be a little bit more telling without all these lines all over the, the map. So now we'll move to the next item. Wait, wait. Can yes. I, can, I, can I squeeze a question before we move on? One question. Go ahead, uh, Lily. Because I think the subject of industrial may well come up again. Um, I'm looking can you move, at, your, move I'm, closer to the Can you hear me now? Yes. I'm looking at um, uh, city zoning. Um, you know, we have M1 and, and various zones. There's a zone that is currently on the books called Town Center. The purpose of this zone is primarily for commercial use, but compatible light industrial use is allowed and residential use is allowed as a secondary use. So that is a zone that we have now. My question is, what land use designation does that fit in? Because I don't see any of the land use designations that would allow all three uses. So 
That's the question. Where does TC, town center zoning, fit as far as a land use designation? I'd need to go back and look at the zoning again. There's 50 plus this. So, we'll, so yeah, we'll come, can we come right back now. to you with a, a sure, more sure. formal answer that could on be that one? Something useful to look at. Thank you. All right, Lily, if you want to go ahead to the next. So we're going to transition a little bit. We don't have a whole lot of time because we do have several folks for public comment as well. Um, but we do. I think we can take about 20 minutes um, to to go. Um, I don't know if which. Show of hands of who still has a public comment that they would like to make for this evening? I feel like I have more cards than that. And Susan, what are we doing for people who spoke earlier? Um, we're going to go through the first set of the folks who have not spoken. We'll get first um, dibs at speaking. And if we have enough time, we'll certainly entertain a second speaker as well. And, and again, I'd like to ask Sorry? the public to not have conversations in the room. Yeah, if you'd so like to have conversations, please step outside the room. Thank you. And we will have, um, if for anyone who would like to speak in Spanish, we'll have our translator here as well. So if you'd like to make a comment, um, please feel free or feel, please know that you can do that as well with a Spanish interpretation. So I didn't, can I get a show of hands again of those who have submitted a card to speak in the after, at the end of the meeting, I should say. Show of hands for those who would like to speak. Okay, okay I think we have, I think we have a few more cards than that, but we'll come back. We will get to public comment as well. So we're going to save at least... Um, 15, 10 minutes. We may go a little over nine, but we'll, we'll definitely be able to try to stay within that. Bill, did you have a comment? Can you grab the mic? I don't know. This is literally the most discussed part of the town that we're about to go into, and we're going to try to do it in 10 minutes. Yeah, can I, I mean, if I can make a motion is that we put this off because we're barely going to touch it, and it's going to be real in-depth, and Looks like you have quite a few speakers. We're already at 8.30, so. I, I would agree, and I would not be a fan of continuing even one minute after nine, if possible. Got it. Alternative motion, we just keep the downtown specific plan and don't change it. Well, that was, <laughs> call it a night. So do we, if I could jump, jump in here, so do we start with giving kind of a presentation of what we've heard and table it or just don't even open up the conversation yet I, i'd like to propose that instead you know there's been a whole bunch of um we'll get back to you we'll come back to that if we could run through the things that we'll be coming back to so that we you know that way we're sure that you know oh wait i think you forgot this or you know whatnot and um, also uh, kind of look at what's planned for the 21st because I'm thinking the 21st alone won't cut it. So that may be a better five, 10 minute discussion. Just a proposal. Steph, Steph? May, may I suggest that we just use the next 15, 20 minutes to just finish up Johnson? I feel like we got really, really far. We got most of, we got pretty dang close on that. And I feel like we could just seal it but we're waiting, we're waiting for a comeback. We're waiting for a comeback on okay. that. So, yeah. So there was a couple items outstanding on Johnson. There is the area that we were just talking about in Area Eight that we'll come back with. There were a couple I know in the first meeting of getting some additional information as well. Yep. Yeah. The I mean, those are, so are still just, working. So the the notes are out from the last from the first meeting we had on February twenty first, and the list of what needs of what the to do items the come back to items are in those notes. We have not done last night's yet, um, and I don't have those notes in front of me, so without them being in front of me, I'm afraid that I would get it wrong, um, which I don't want to do. Um, 
and then we had some from tonight. So after this meeting, we'll compile that list and send that out to, and then if we miss something, you can tell us in the interim, okay? I just don't wanna get it wrong. And in terms of uh, the meeting on the 21st, you're right, now um, you know, our best laid plans, right? We're, we're gonna get three to four areas at each meeting. That hasn't quite happened. We got the other two, we got through two and a half, so we, we're making good progress. Um, so we'll have to circle back with staff and look at what that looks like in terms of meeting schedule. Um, so probably, I don't know that we can really go through that right now, um, but certainly there are still a number of areas that we need to work through. And certainly downtown would be on the first of the list if we go to the 21st. So just to, um, to be clear, so we have in areas that we need to finish up, we need to finish up Johnson. We'll come back to that. Um, we have the downtown, midtown corridors, Five points, um, Arundel North Bank, and SOAR. So that is all planned for next meeting. I know I should take the show on the road, shouldn't I? Um, so that's all planned for next meeting. So I, I think so I'm going to go out on a limb and say that we're probably not going to get through all of that in the next meeting. Um, so I think we then would need to turn to our chair and vice chair and maybe ask just in terms of the number of meetings because and maybe this group, so we would have to add additional meetings. So I am, seeing a I am seeing a quick recommendation from Steph. I don't know if you want to make that formally. Um, she was jumping and reading ahead um, and looking at Midtown in that there, she thought, <laughs> found that there was only one kind of big ticket item to talk about and perhaps that might be something the group wants to entertain. So I don't know, Steph, if you'd like to make that as a. We do have the 18th also, don't we? So the plan was on April 18th. So we do have April 18th. Yes, the plan was that after the 21st, we would put all of this together into a single map, do some of the analysis that we had done before and feed that back to you to make sure, you know, to give it a look as the whole city. Um, so the concern is if we take that meeting and go to the 18th, we then don't have that opportunity or we need to add another meeting and we'll need about a month from when we get all the full conversation of all areas to put it into a map and, and then feed it back. So we, we need about a month to do that work. So I'm gonna th throw this out here. So we could then take May 21st and the April meeting and finish up discussions. I'm sorry. I am three months ahead. Um, take March 21st and the April 18th meeting, talk about the remaining areas, and then come back in May at the May GPAC with the summary. Can we get a vote of a raise of hands? So, those, so just to recap, March 21st and April 18th would be finishing out all of the rest of the, the geographic areas. The summary, the big picture coming back in May. Um, show of hands for those in favor of that as a general planning concept or scheduling concept. Okay, so that sounds good. Then we'll have a few. Sorry, Scott. And then you, you real quick. So then we can put together another revised list of the areas we talk at each of those meetings um, to break it down so the public and the GPAC know. And then go ahead, Scott. I, I guess I'm a little bit, I, the horse is already out of the barn, but I was going to suggest just as we did on the 6th and the 7th, why not schedule a meeting on March 20th and go the March 20th and 21st? And I'd have to look at that because... <laughs> <laughs> so I, I do, so, so before, we, before, we inter, before we 
Before we entertain that, I've had, there's a number of people who have had their hand up or a microphone for a, a minute here. So um, let's see, we've got Sabrina and I know Lori and Kyler all have, have had their hands up here, the mics up. So Sabrina, then Kyler, then Lori. Um, I just wanted to kind of, not to be Sorry. cheeky, but I, I do think that that's kind of a, that what Kelsey raised is a little legitimate point around downtown. There is a lot of support for this downtown specific plan. If we can rule that out now, we can check it off our list. So I'm going to get a show of hands for that in just a moment, but I did want to recognize Kyler first. And yep, my point was similar to Scott's. Like, I, I would prefer meeting again. Um, I know it's a big ask, but um, keeping the general plan kind of on track rather than delaying yet another meeting. So I would can, rather us meet again. We can certainly send out a poll. Well, I can definitely look at it. The complications we run into is there's a, a maraud of other city meetings that go on, so I just have to make sure it works with calendaring. So the, the plan for now will be as we all raise our hands to, but we will look at the schedule, look at some other options, and if it seems like something that's viable, we'll put it out there to see what participation levels would be like. Um, Lori, and did you have something to Steph? So we're going to go to Lori first and then Stephanie. I, cer I do certainly support adding a meeting um, and or what was proposed by Netta. Um, I do, I would like the caution um, not pushing it, continuing to push it out because I, that narrative for me, it sounds like it's, it's a pattern. It's, we come to, a, we discuss, discuss, we come to conclusions, we make a decision, we vote, we say yes, and then we go back and then rehash it and then say we need more meetings and then let's do it and let's rehash it and let's do it again. I do appreciate, however, this format. I will say that I, I think this is what we, wanted to do from the very beginning and we just couldn't quite verbalize exactly how we wanted to see that play out. I think this is amazing. This is great. Um, but I do don't want us to make where, um, what is that, paralysis where you're just... Paralysis of analysis? Yes. Don't want to do that. But I do agree. I'm okay with looking at the specific plan and trying to, and saying, hey, if we agree with the way it is, to leave, to leave as is. Okay. So, David, and then did you, did you put the mug down? So you're good? Okay. David. I'm a believer in the specific plan that is for downtown. But I do think with a group of very smart people, I'd like to just cover it kind of quickly and get some comments on the record because there might be some good ideas that could be followed up on. So the, the decision future. could be quick, but we want to give it a little bit more thought and thoughtfulness in terms of the dialogue. If, um, so I'm going to ask for a... Uh, before you please. do, I, I just want to point out, you know, kind of what Laurie said about, you know, we, we made a decision, we voted, and the majority agreed to a schedule. So are we changing that? Are we ignoring that majority vote now? Um, no, because, we are not. Because the difficulty is, is, you know, everybody here is a professional. Yes, we do want to stay as much on track as we can, but, you know, there's outreach that needs to happen. People have other conflicts, um, you know, and the thought of four meetings of this intensity in a two-week period it is a bit much. And, so I'm and going to go out on a limb and say probably since the next meeting is the 21st, in all likelihood it's going to be impossible to schedule a meeting on the 20th in this, this short of time. Um, and the, the use of space in City Hall and the, all just, those sorts just of things. Just for the so. record, there's a City Council meeting on the 20th. Okay. so But it would be like 21st and 22nd. But I think there's another conflict. We did vote, to your point, Luis, yeah. we, we did vote on it. Um, I think if we're good with the direction of doing that and taking public comment now 
and, and sitting on that public comment. We can start dialogue with downtown, but I think it's the core of the, set, the city. Maybe sleep on it a little bit, come back, start the discussion. Even if we come to the conclusion of leaving it the same, at least we've had a robust conversation around it. Yeah, I want to say I agree with David. I think if we just hear what it, the presentation is, even if we're not going to discuss it tonight, that gives us something to, to mull over between now and the next meeting. Sure. So I see Philip has a comment. We've yeah, maybe just do a, a quick overview of it. And I think since we have so many folks from the community here, it's kind of honor them and let them have a chance to talk okay. specifically about the downtown plan. Okay. I think so we've got about five more minutes to be able to do that and still allow for public comment. So Daniel? I was just going to say that I agree with David. I think we, I, even if we adopt the downtown plan, we, it's good to get comment on it. So I'm hearing mixed of who would like to at least hear a little bit of presentation tonight. Show of hands if you'd like to hear a little downtown presentation. No dialogue, just some, some comment, just some general thoughts. I'm only seeing a couple. Who would like to table it until the next meeting completely? Okay, I'm seeing definitely more there. So I would say that we're going to table this one for the next meeting. I even think some of the members of the public, I saw some recognition that they don't want to rush it either. Um, but we do have a number of folks that would like to speak for public comment. And um, to make sure, Stephanie, that you didn't have anything else. Okay. So, Ned, if you could read the public speakers, and I will bring the mic to the middle. Oh, another comment card there. Sure. Anybody else that didn't submit one, don't want to miss you. I've got one coming. One more, okay. And so how many do we have? We have five. And now we have six. So we'll try to keep it to about two minutes um, for speaking. That way we can be sure to keep it under. If we go a little over, that gives me a little, little leeway to kind of be able to work with those. Okay, we good? so we're if you could read the first name. Sure, we're gonna start with Patty Overly, followed by Melinda. So Patty. Hello, everybody. First of all, great meeting. I learned a lot first time I'm attending this and really appreciate everybody's volunteer hours. Um, one thing I just wanted to say, and I'm sorry I don't remember the consultant's name, when you said early on in the meeting that a flyer or something was mailed to every citizen, I, we never received one and I'm kind of a control freak with the mail so I would have remembered that. And I know a lot, of, a lot of our neighbors were not aware of how to weigh in on this. I live in Midtown, and uh, they never got a chance to weigh in on this. So that's just lesson learned for any future activities. Um, one thing I would suggest, I'm, I've been a planner all my life. I work in the pharmaceutical industry. I've managed planners and supply chain groups. And whenever you have these meetings and you try to cram in a lot, you're not going to get through it. It's like somebody showing up to a presentation for 10 minutes with 30 slides. They're not going to get through it. And so maybe a, a fix, because you can't add another meeting, would be just extend those two meetings by an hour, an hour and a half. And then that would make up that extra meeting. That's just it. Thank you. Thank, thank you. Thank you. Just to clarify, the, the flyers were in every utility bill. Um, Next speaker. Melinda was the next. Melinda. And then following Melinda would be Marco. Um, we didn't get the flyer either. <laughs> so, uh, and my neighbor. 
So um, my comment is I've been noticing the architecture that's going up and it really concerns me. It doesn't have the charm of Ventura. I see a lot of cheaply made boxes and to me that just isn't Ventura. It looks like downtown LA and I, and I moved from there <laughs> to come here. So that's my comment. I hope the future buildings they spend more time on the architecture. Thank you. Marco. And then following Marco would be Christy Weir. Hello, everyone. Thank you uh, for your time. I appreciate all the hard work you guys have put in so far. Uh, bear with me. I wrote this uh, essay actually over the last couple hours listening to all of you guys. Um, my name is Marco Cuevas. Uh, I am a Ventura native and lifelong Westside resident. Uh, like everyone else here, I have opinions and thoughts uh, on how to better our community. Uh, I'm a big proponent of the live, work, and play concept. Uh, I currently fit half of this. Yes, I know that math doesn't sound right, but uh, I live here, I'm involved in various organizations, uh, but I wish there was more recreation on the west side, and the closest place I found for work after college was in Thousand Oaks, uh, and that commute is at least an hour round trip uh, daily. Wouldn't it be nice to only have 10-15 minutes round trip up and down the avenue or some other part of Ventura? Uh, having this model implemented in the city as a whole should be a given, but within each of these geographic areas, it is ideal to implement this balance. It would reduce commute time, vehicular traffic, uh, and overall congestion if there is a traffic plan that effectively incorporates walking, biking, and driving. <clears throat> Above all, it creates a greater sense of community, and as someone that advocates for, ec for the economic perspective, there would be a higher quality of life, greater GDP per capita, and effectively a better local economy. Someone mentioned having a town square. I think this would be a great addition to the community. A grocery store near or on Stanley is ideal. I'm a little biased living on the northern uh, part of Stanley, so. <laughs> um, I would definitely encourage spaces for people to gather, be it in the form of recreation, restaurants, etc. cetera. Uh, a lot of potential in that area, and I think providing an incentive for these uses, uh, such as an overlay zone for public benefit, uh, should be explored. Uh, I want to thank the members that mentioned one-way streets and transportation in general. Uh, it may be something that has a mixed reaction as it would be a drastic change, but I think a pilot program should be considered. Uh, one-way streets is a creative solution to solve multiple issues such as traffic, parking, uh, and biking that everyone wants to see more of. Uh, utilizing the full width for multiple purposes outside of two-way traffic and limited parking will allow for less congestion, an increase in the number of parking spots available, and allow for an effective and safe bike lane. I want to encourage everyone to check out the Westside Vision. Several references to the vision have been mentioned tonight, and reading the whole document will give a holistic view of what the community hopes for. Some of these concepts can also be applied to the city as a whole. Uh, the Westside knows what it wants, uh, and it's time to start checking off the boxes for a better community. Uh, thank you for your time and consideration on these matters. Thank you. Christy Weir, Christ and then Scott Spencer, did, Christy. did we already hear from you? Yes, okay, just double checking. Thank you. Um, great discussion. The West Side is tricky. I'm glad it took you all night because it's worth it, right? It's worth putting the conversation in. And um, thank you for protecting the industrial land and thank you for downzoning the corridors. I think those were the two biggies and those, those really matter. Um, I wanted to share with you, this is thinking ahead to the downtown and midtown um, conversations. I, I, I found a new 
favorite quote. <laughs> um, the American Planning Association is APA, um, they have a website, they have all kinds of periodicals and articles and so forth. And um, their new focus, because of the um, sort of intensity of discussion nationwide about all the sort of generic tall buildings that are being built, um, they actually have a book and a, a couple articles about this. And their goal now is accommodating gentle density in a context-sensitive manner. And I love the concept of gentle density. And, and I want to speak in favor of the Downtown Specific Plan and the Midtown Corridor Plan. Um, because we spent, there are a couple of you in this room that worked really hard on those, and we didn't call them gentle density in a context-sensitive manner, but that's what they are. So when it comes time to have discussions about those areas, you can hopefully be confident that a lot of work was put in on those to make sure that they are sensitive and that they are really well um, put together. And if we want to make any changes on those plans in the new general plan, think very, very carefully about them and how they all fit together. Um, the, the amount of time you're putting in on all these details is fantastic, and the community appreciates it. There are a lot of people here, and um, we appreciate all your time. Thank you. Thank you. Any additional speakers? Okay. All right. Well, thank you all very, very much. I'll let Doug kind of give the, do you want to close us out? It's, uh, it's a great, great conversation. I uh, enjoyed the evening. Um, and I know we have a lot more work ahead of us. And I'm not sure if my colleague has any other words that he'd like to say. Good night. Oh. Good night. <laughs> OK. It's been a long week. Thank you very much. Enjoy the rest of the weekend. All right. See you next time.